0: What's up, everything? With Halloween right around the corner, the Blues are doing their part by making things very spooky. In fact, they're making things downright frightful. We'll do our best to bring this team back from the dead, but we'll probably fail, so get your silver bullets ready. With that in mind, let's get started, and let's go Blues <laughs> Friday, October 26th, we are the Two Guys No Cup podcast, and we are coming to you from our frightening Mm. and disturbing studio in... I don't know, a spooky barn or a haunted castle somewhere.
1: (laughs) It could be either one. (laughs) It's very dark inside. We don't know what the interior looks like.
0: Uh, It could be anything, really. It could be like a used car dealership. Really hard to tell, but it's spooky. Mm -hmm. That's what the emphasis is on. It's Halloween week. Which is great, because Halloween is awesome, and that means it's our Halloween episode, which is even better. Mm -hmm. There will be Halloween words, Halloween segments, Halloween themes, just all sorts of Halloween things. And speaking of things that are terrifying, Ian, one week ago on this podcast... Well, I suppose eight days ago, technically. (laughs) I asked you whether when we reconvened, Mike Yo would be our head coach. And you said, no, he wouldn't be. Right? I said
1: 100%. There was no way. And he still is. How do you feel about that? Um, I believe I was possessed when I said that. That's a Halloween word. And (laughs) I had a dreadful time with my prediction. Also... Fantastic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you brought out the old spooky thesaurus once again. It's going to be a miraculous episode.
1: I don't. Do you like how I sidestepped your question? Yes,
0: absolutely. And you know what? We'll just discuss it later.
1: Uh, It seems in the theme of what we'll talk about, people sidestepping hard questions. (laughs) That's
0: very true. Good point. Uh, Let's talk about someone who needs to answer some hard questions, and that's George McPhee. Of the Vegas Golden Knights, who keeps handing out five, six, and seven-year can- contracts like they are candy on Halloween, and mm. he's the house that gives the king size bars, which is awesome, George, and all the kids love you, but it's not very cost-effective. <laughs> In the past week, he's handed out a seven-year, $4.75 million contract to Alex Tuck, a 22-year-old center that they robbed from, was that from Minnesota? Minnesota. And And they also handed out a six-year, $5.95 million contract to Nate Schmidt, who isn't even currently playing because of his PED suspension. Now, I understand they have more money than God and a thousand picks and all that,
1: but what do you think is going on in Vegas? I think they're trying to shore up mediocrity, it seems like. They could have just had this big turnover where they let everybody walk, and that seemed to be what everyone thought they were going to do prior to last season happening right after the expansion draft like okay all these guys contracts are up after this year it's gonna be a whole different team and then they're gonna suck but after one season of doing one more than pretty good doing extremely well i guess they think well we'll try and hold on to that extremely well stuff that got us there (laughs) now they're not doing overly great right now, so they seem to be signing guys that are just going to be okay for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think last year was magic in a bottle.
0: I think we all knew that, yeah. too, right? That's
1: what I mean. I mean. You would think they would, but it seems like they're more hopeful than the rest of the league, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just trying to sign guys that will keep them relevant, which I understand, but it does seem like a little bit too much money, and especially term-wise for some of these guys. When they have... A lot of picks coming up, I believe, in the next couple of years. They're going to have a big youth movement eventually. And some of these guys, these contracts, if they don't move them, are still going to be here clogging up the system.
0: All of these contracts are so long that it honestly makes me wonder whether George McPhee knows something about the upcoming CBA that we don't. And I don't know if that's true. That's just conspiratorial thinking. But, like, they're all six and seven years on... I wouldn't even say low dollar amount. Like I don't think Nate Schmidt's worth more than six. I just don't think he's worth seven year or six years at six. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if he's gotten inside track on that. Who knows? I guess we'll find out when the CBA happens. But it is interesting. Um, In other league news, the Tom Wilson suspension was upheld by Gary Bettman on Wednesday, which I don't think anybody was too surprised by. Um, And I think, I'm a little curious, it's going to go to the same uh, arbitrator who made the decision with Austin Watson that we talked about a week or two ago, I'm a little curious if the NHL is intentionally dragging this out as long as possible, just to like kind of enforce the suspension, you know? Like, yeah. if they can't get an arbitrator suspend arbitrator's decision until 12 games are played, then at least he got a 12-game suspension regardless.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't know. I expect the arbitrator will probably chicken out and shorten it for some reason. But I hope he doesn't, because Wilson needs a message sent to him. Um, I guess we'll know more next week. It's supposed to be next Wednesday that he decides, I think. So... We'll have more on that on Twitter at Two Guys No Cup. Give us a follow. Hit that subscribe button. Tell all your friends something else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, don't tell me. Listen to this. No,
0: they will be very ashamed of you. Uh, should we do a standings update? We haven't done one yet mm. this year. It's preposterously early to do one, but we can discuss how the Tampa Bay Lightning, that team that's just really, really good all the time, are seven one and one. Neat. Imagine that! Imagine losing one game in regulation through your first nine. Uh, the Maple Leafs are seven three and zero. The Bruins are six two and two. And at the bottom of that division are the Red Wings at an abysmal one seven and two with four points. The Panthers are not off to a hot start. The Senators are not off to a great start. And the Canadians are off to an okay start. And the Sabers are also. There, sure. Um, any thoughts on the Atlantic Division?
1: I, I guess I'm a little surprised that the Panthers are doing as poorly as they are. But unlike our team, I have faith that the Panthers will pull out of this okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Because our team is bad, and the Panthers are not. <laughs> um, the Metropolitan Division sees the bells of the ball, the Carolina Hurricanes. Standing atop the table, uh, with ten games under their belt, they are six three and one trailed by one point by the Penguins. Who have two games in hand. To no, know a phrase, I know you'd love to hear in October. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have one less point. Then it's Jackets, Capitals, Devils. Flyers and the Twin New York teams bringing up the rear with seven points apiece. Any surprises there for you? It's obviously too early to draw too much, too many
1: conclusions. Just but, Carolina, yeah. And we watched a little bit of them tonight. They're the fun team now in the NHL. Oh, yeah, they man. love to have Sliver fun. Clap
0: beaten Aaron Dell, the farmer in the Dell, with 1,000 <laughs> shootout goals. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, I think one. One win in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Central Division, well, we'll skip down to the Pacific and save our suffering for last. Uh, the Sharks lead, no surprise there. The Canucks are in second. I Um, didn't know that. 6-5-0 with 12 points. They're actually tied with the Sharks, but have played one more game. Uh, And then the Ducks, basically the fighting John Gibsons, trail them (laughs) by a point, and the Flames, them by a point. The Oilers, Golden Knights, Coyotes, and the very bad Los Angeles Kings, who are 2-7-1 in their opening 10 games. They're even worse than us, folks.
1: Hooray! Any thoughts on the Pacific Division? Uh, Kings are bad because they're slow. They're slow and old.
0: Mm, sound familiar? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I really thought, I don't, maybe I didn't hit this as hard as I should have in the offseason, but I really thought that Kovalchuk signing was just an awful decision for them. It was such a, it's like, so weird. old man, let's see if he still has it, which is their trademark. Because mm-hmm. they brought in Dion Phaneuth, and before him they brought in Marion Gaverick, and before him they brought in other people. It's just like the L.A. trademark and to and um like pearson and that younger group of guys have not become the elite players that they were supposed to and now la is just back in the doldrums again and i don't think they're going to be able to dig their way out of it anytime soon
1: yeah
2: I,
0: they have jonathan quick mm-hmm. They have Anji Kopitar and they have Drew Doughty. That's a wonderful foundation, but they've got an entire rest of a roster that's just trash right
1: now. That's what I say. They can't carry the rest. They can't yeah. carry the other twelve. So I don't know if you trade those
0: guys or if and do a real rebuild or if you just try and hope you can make the right couple of changes. But I don't think things. Look I'll great take
1: for one them. Anze Kopitar. Ooh
0: yeah, we'll give you.
1: Jake Allen. Mm,
0: And we'll take Jonathan Quick back.
1: (laughs) And a A pick pick for Quick.
0: I saw someone on The Athletic who I think was a Kings fan, honest to God, offer Jake, uh, say that they needed to trade Jonathan Quick and Jake Muzzin for Jake Allen, Jay Bomeister, and a high pick. And I don't think he was kidding. And I didn't know what to do with that information. <laughs> but I'll do it. I mean, we can't afford it. We're too off against the cap. Yeah. Although Bowmeister would help. But I'd do it. Yeah.
1: I've um, done you a call, fan.
0: Because we need to change the fact that we're trailing the Central Division. We're two, four, and three with seven points, three points behind the stars. And. Nine points behind the predators who lead the division. We're already four games behind the
1: predators. <laughs> Hooray, hurrah. It's all over. But Steven, I think we have plenty of time though. Oh, so, so much, much time. time. There's A lot just of time. gads of time. 70 plus games. Months and of months time and left.
0: months of time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate it. Ah, the rest of the division: Preds, Jets, Avalanche. Not not hey. falling off. Go Avalanche, Blackhawks. I don't want to say they're good. I don't think they're good, Mm-mm. but they've fought through some other early struggles. They've won a lot of games in overtime. That's and another I,
1: thing they always well, do. Well, I know
0: they always do that, but they yeah, have yeah. done that hardcore this year, and that's a knife edge you do not want to walk on. Uh, the fighting mediocrity of Minnesota are 12 points and are consequently fifth in the division, right where they belong. <laughs> and the stars who I thought and hoped would be good, well, didn't really hope, but just hoped for for my projections' sake, would be great this year, have not found it yet, and are 5-4 now with 10 points and are the second to last in the division. So there's your standing update. We'll revisit that around thanksgiving probably when we can uh, yeah. decide who all the playoff teams will be because them's the rules <laughs> um we should go back to our episode last year and see how oh, much yeah. those were actually the rules because i know they weren't for us no but are probably pretty close um for yeah for sure we'll see uh let's move on to a little bit of blues news before we just dive Elbow deep into the sewer. (laughs) Uh, No, who am I kidding? It's shoulder deep. We're going to be all the way in Mm -hmm. there. Uh, I can't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie Fabry. Uh, Nikita Sashnikov and Carl Gunnarsson are all on conditioning stints in San Antonio with the Rampage, or as they're called tonight, Los Chimuleos, or something, (laughs) I don't know how to say. Chimuelos or something? I I
1: didn't take Spanish. I don't speak
0: Spanish, they're little skull people, okay? It's Dia de los Muerte coming up, I do know how to say that, I think, unless I butchered it also, in San Antonio celebrating its Mexican heritage. For them, the uniforms are dope, mm-hmm. they're super dope, and all is well. Except, don't look at the Rampage box scores because they're ugly, they're yeah. worse than ours, <laughs> they'll give you no hope. Yeah. So, um, but for tonight, the sweaters very fire. You can find them on our Twitter account at two guys no cop. <laughs> give us a follow, smash that like button, tell all your friends. The Chimaleas are in town. <laughs> uh, and then I think the, it got worse. <laughs> I think so, yeah, for sure. Uh, the only other thing I have to pass along is that Ryan O'Reilly had a, about a half-hour interview on the 31 Thoughts podcast this week. Uh, I think we tweeted out the link. If not, I will do it again. Um, it was fun. I mean, I don't think it was particularly insightful necessarily, but it was a it was a good kind of get-to-know-you interview. He talked about how his dad while they were doing hockey drills with randomly throw math problems at him to keep his, like, focus up, you know, so that, like, if you're focusing on this thing, you're also alert oh. to what's going on. So See, it's interesting. Math His can dad help you sounds kind of crazy. It can't. It's a lie, kids. Put down your calculators.
1: <laughs> Burn them.
0: Burn them <laughs> <What>?
1: all. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, math
1: is great. You're going to let out the ghost of the machine.
0: Math is what can tell you that somehow we had... Three more goals than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Doesn't that seem like decades ago? Because four minus one
1: is three. (laughs) Yeah, happiness is fleeting. And uh, we're all going to die soon. That's true.
0: Uh, Not soon enough, but soon. (laughs) Give us one of your spooky words, Ian.
1: I was looking for that. I was waiting for you to ask for one. Um, How about... How about Pagan. (laughs) That's spooky. Uh,
0: Nothing spookier than a bunch of pagans. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs were... I can't can't do it. I couldn't think of a pun. I'm sorry. They were pegging the post by not scoring goals. (laughs) Woof. (laughs) We're not going to stick too strictly to game recaps this week because... Honestly, why bother? But there was no scoring in the first period, but the Blues looked much better, and considering this was kind of a prove-it game after the last several collapses we'd had, (laughs) Um, it was still a good start, Uh. all things considered. Um, Sammy Blay drew a really great tripping penalty by forcing his way through a tight space around Ron Hainsey. It didn't matter because he'd commit an oopsie in the next game and get sent straight to San Antonio. (laughs) But good try, Sammy.
2: Um,
0: In the second period, Robert Bortuzzo opened the scoring with his first goal of the season. David Perron assisting. Uh, Perron tried to take a shot that got blocked by a stick, and Bortuzzo was clever enough to skate up and collect a puck that's loose in the circle in the slot, and he took a shot that ripped off... Travis Dermot stick. Oh, we all hate that Travis Dermot, mm. don't we? Oh, boy. We should react to all of the news in this game like we're Toronto oh,
1: fans. Travis Dermot needs to be sent down to the Toronto Marlies. Oh,
0: if not the ECHL, my friend, because the <laughs> AHL is too much talent there, boy.
1: Hey there. Oh, dear. Uh- <laughs> uh, I think on this play, too, Dermott got outworked by Perron on the boards. Didn't you say that? Yeah. He basically took the puck from him. And then he also deflected the puck into his own net. It was a rough, rough sequence for Travis Dermott. Not
0: great, Trav. Babcock's mm. gonna be all over for you, all Ooh, over you for that.
1: Not a good player there.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you just gotta
1: talk like you don't care
0: about anything. Nope, since never. You're Canadian. Uh, Zach Sanford cares about things. What a weird week it's been for him. I think. Yeah. Uh, this was his first game, right? He got to play in. Yep. I think um, so. And he played. On the fourth line summon, on the second line summon, in this entrance, uh, he was a goal scorer. He scored his first goal of the season. Uh, and it made me think remember, like a year plus ago now, when we first traded for him, and there were a couple of times we saw him play, and we thought, hey, maybe this kid has some skill. Mm-hmm. Because that showed this time, and he actually unleashed a pretty wicked wrist shot. Uh, into the top corner for a great goal. Perron, again, made a really nice play along the boards here, excuse me, to get him the puck. Um, And, yeah, Sanford scored a wrister. Uh, Sanford, we, I I think we missed this story because I don't think we ever discussed it on here, but he lost his father Mm -hmm. during training camp, which I guess was part of the reason he wasn't on the team right out of training camp. But um, he got to score this goal, uh, back in Canada, which I assume he's from there because he's a hockey player, but I don't actually know. I
1: think so.
0: And uh, it was a really cool moment for him. So w- glad for him that that happened. It was a great goal. It was a strange to see Zach Sanford score before Jaden Schwartz scored this season. But hey, it was a goal. You're excited. We're all excited. <laughs> the That's the last excited. time we'll get to say excited. <laughs> the Goblins are excited. The gorgons are excited. <laughs> And all our fans. <laughs> uh, Ryan O'Reilly scored his first as a blue, or as Darren Pang would say, they call him Factor. Ugh. Um, Vladimir <laughs> Tarasenko and Patrick Maroon each collected their fourth assist on this one. Uh, this was a really nice play by Maroon behind the net. Uh, he kept the puck away from both Riley and Dermott with his size, um, John Kelly had a lot of trouble with both Riley and O'Reilly being on the ice, which was fun for me. Um, uh, Maroon got the puck to Tarasenko along the back wall. He made a beautiful feed through Connor Brown's legs to Ryan O'Reilly as he crashed the net, and O'Reilly didn't hesitate to bang it home uh, for his first of, I hope and expect many as a blue i think first of several this week so good goal for o'reilly tarasenko as is tradition was happier for his teammate scoring than was the teammate himself that dude does joy really well mm. not a lot else lately but joy he's got it anything <laughs> to say about that goal
1: no no i thought it was a good team or i thought it was a good team effort by that line Especially with Tarasenko, because he gets a lot of crap for not back check, or not forechecking really well. But I thought he did good on this, in this instance, and I thought he's done actually fairly well in a lot of instances recently, as far as like asserting himself physically. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see that they got something out of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. You're entering the third period up three nothing. Do you, are you thinking the Blues win it at this point?
1: In this game, despite all of our third period collapses prior to it, I did think the Blues were going to win this one. Okay.
0: Good. And we did. So, hooray. Morgan Riley did his best to even the odds a bit. He scored his fourth of the season. Um, It was not great play by the defense. Uh, Maroon doesn't make a very good play to close in on Riley, nor does Steen. Uh, Riley unleashes a wrister and gets through traffic. Uh... And beats Allen. I don't think there was any blame on Allen on this one. It was just a weird bounce, ricochet, long wrister shot. Uh, And I'll say, you know, we talk a lot about games that, you know, could have gone momentum-wise the other way where we missed a play in momentum. We'll talk about that in the very next game, for example, uh, and didn't seal the deal and ultimately Mm -hmm. lost. There was a play here where uh, Austin Matthews, who is arguably the second best player in hockey well probably is the second best player in hockey right now dangled around the defense and got in real tight on Jake Allen and Jake Allen made a save when the Maple Leafs had tons of pressure and for all the crap we give Jake Allen about not making big saves which is a lot and we'll probably continue (laughs) I honestly think the game hinges on this save because I think if they make it 3-2, I don't think there's any way you stop them from getting to 3-3. And so I think Allen stopping that player particularly mm-hmm. in that tight with that good a chance was a huge moment. Um, and Ivan Biverchev went on to pot an empty netter from his own zone. Uh, one of those kind of, I, I think, almost weirdly fortunate situations where you have a big weed. And you're on the penalty kill late, so you just get to queer pucks at the empty oh, net. Oh, yeah. No um, it's not great to kill a six on four, but you do just get to snipe pucks at the net. So, uh, Barbashev scored his first of the season with O'Reilly's sixth assist. And the Blues did indeed win 4-1. to one. Uh, The Blues outshot the Maple Leafs 25-23, to 23, which was tied for the least shots allowed against the Maple Leafs. Um Thirty three hits in this blue in this game. Uh, the Blues had believed in film study going in that they were passing up on some hits, and I guess they stopped doing that.
1: Yeah, they forgot. <laughs>
0: Twenty three block shots. The Blues uh, won the faceoff battle. Fifty three point three percent of them. Uh, they lost. I guess, won the giveaway battle by giving only nine away to Toronto's 21. I don't know who the stat guy is in Toronto, but he's much more generous with a lot of these stats than other people. Because these are much higher totals than usual. Um, And then there was seven to six takeaways with the Blues having the edge there. Each power play was 0 for 4, so the Blues did not continue their power play streak. Uh... But they have done well in the power play overall this Mm -hmm. year. And more importantly, we killed, we prevented, we blanked, whatever word you want to use. Nil, nil. One of the best power plays in hockey. Probably the best power play in hockey. Um, Yo messed with. Uh, defensive pairings a fair amount in this one. Petrangelo had five more minutes than anyone else. Uh, Jay Bomeister was scratched for this game. We failed to mention that. His first ever healthy scratch in his career. And
1: he didn't want to talk about it. Nope.
0: He was upset, and he validated the scratching in the next game. <laughs> Some players, like Vince Dunn, take a scratch and... You know, kick ass afterwards, but not Jay Uh Vince Dunn had nearly four minutes on the power play in this game, uh, which you love to see. And J J J J, J- Jordan Schmaltz had uh, fifteen minutes, but no special teams time. Uh, Dunn and Petrangelo got the lion's share of the power play duties, which is half correct. Uh, I don't think Petrangelo should be on the power play very much, but I think Dunn. Uh, is your quarterback of the future there, probably. Um, and then Stanford got 12 minutes for the second straight game. So, yeah, this was his second game. I, didn't, okay. I wasn't sure about that. But uh, he uh, automatically gets a slot when he comes back from everything over rookies like Robert Thomas. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I, I like Zach Sam uh, He's
0: been great. So, in hindsight... It's but, not
1: hard to justify. But to but, start, I have to reach back in my brain by like a week and a half and be like, I am just, I wasn't happy that they're slotting some of these guys higher than them in yeah. terms of um, ice time. But I also, and we'll talk about it I guess later too, I do kind of understand the Robert Thomas quandary where they only have nine games for him. Yeah, a,
0: we can talk about that more in a bit, and yeah. we will. But I do think it, it is a tough position. But then if that's your situation, then I wish you'd drop the line about earning it.
1: Oh, because yeah. Sanford
0: comes right in and gets a shot. Sunquist comes right in and gets a shot. Sunquist was terrible last year. He was awful at hockey, and I'm glad he's healthy. I'm like, I don't wish him any ill will. Mm-hmm. But what has he done to automatically earn a shot in the lineup other than he's not as young a player as the rest of these guys, which I honestly think is really what the difference is.
2: Yeah,
0: um, there are conundrums with. Terrace or with Thomas's nine game trial, and we'll talk about that later. But overall that's a little frustrating to see to me. Um Yeah, so it was a good win overall. Uh mm-hmm. Steve Dangle, as he always does, did a Leaf fan reaction video on YouTube, which I highly suggest you check out uh on 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 the YouTube. He doesn't <laughs> need our recommendations, but he gets them anyway. A couple of lines from that. I love he said, they at least make Pittsburgh work for the win. For the love of Lee Stimpniak, you get off on this, St. Louis Blues fans. You make me do this once a year. And then he also said the Blues dominated the Leafs for two periods. They shut them down, the supposedly unstoppable off- offense, he said. And this was the best line. Jake Allen probably got a reminder to move around on his Fitbit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fun. And we won. And that's fun. Um and he made a good point too. Just overall, he said the Blues are what I thought the Leafs would be to start this season, but because there was so much, uh, because there was so much turnover and so much has changed with the team, they're probably going to struggle out of the gate. And he did say that about the Maple Leafs with Tavares and with Nylander gone and with so many young players mm-hmm. on the way up. He said this team could take a while to find its groove. It did not, but we did, and I think. We probably were a little overhyped on the team, but I don't think it's an excuse for being as bad as they've been, and we'll talk more about that later. Do you mm-hmm. have any more thoughts on this game before we move on?
1: I I don't know. I really thought after they beat Toronto, because we both said we didn't think they were going to win the Toronto game or the Winnipeg game at mm-hmm. all, and we joked about Toronto putting up <laughs> eight goals on the Blues and things like that. I really thought that this would actually going to be like a turning point game, hopefully, and... It kind of felt like it was about halfway through the Winnipeg game to the third period.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, What worries me about this is, like, you could see reasons for hope in the Toronto game, and we're honestly not far enough into the season to know, but this is also something that just teams that are actually bad do. Bad mm-hmm. hockey teams occasionally really beat a really good hockey team because they come in on their best night and the other team comes in on their worst night. There's a lot of parity in any professional sports te- league, but I think in the NHL as much or more than almost any other yeah, one. Yeah, the worst
1: team still gets 20-plus wins. Right,
0: And so I'm not saying we're a bad team. I don't think we're a bad team. We've obviously got loads of established talent NHL talent on our team. But I'm just saying there's no way, there's not necessarily a way to look at this one and say, this is what the team really is, and we've got to stop doing all the other stuff. Because when you do all the other stuff eight times and you do this two times, or whatever it is, seven times to two times, there's there's no evidence to suggest the good example is the real example.
1: Oh, no. I mean, now given I was still at the time a little wary that this was if this was what the team looked like wary Uh, I was chilled (laughs) I don't know that this was the real team we were going to get or not but Uh especially after the week we've had it's yeah I mean it's just numbers game two of these (laughs) seven of those we'll talk about JR's quote or question of steam Uh, I think that highlights it
0: that quote I think is just like a solve to so many of us Mm -hmm. just like a A balm of Gilead, if you will, to use a nice biblical reference. So much education. I'm learning Um, so much
1: tonight (laughs) at the Ground Household.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it was just such a a healing, cathartic moment for all of us, and we'll talk about it. But let's talk about something that was very non-cathartic. A couple of Blues (laughs) goals I do want to highlight in the Winnipeg game. This first goal is the most beautiful team goal I ever remember the Blues scoring, legitimately. And I'm, I, I know that's because my memory is thin, not because they haven't done one.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: I don't think this type of goal happens under Ken Hitchcock, and I will give Mike Yeo that much credit. Vince Dunn makes an unbelievable pass from his own trapezoid to uh, David Perron, who's at the Jets' blue line, basically. So it's, what is that, a four-line pass, technically, yeah. almost? Um, and Perron collect, collects it, skates into the zone, and Ryan O'Reilly's crashing the net, which, as you've described it, has his nail the speed, which I think is a good example, because he can he's not a great skater mm-hmm. in the classic sense, but he can really churn his legs. And Perron hits him easily, and O'Reilly has... Uh, just a really smooth front hand, backhand, and elevates this goal. Elevates the puck to get it over Hellebuck. It was be- I love that goal. Mm-hmm. I could watch it a thousand times and might just to help myself sleep <laughs> at night. Um,
1: that was a speedy looking goal. We don't. Yeah. Sc- we don't score a lot of speedy. That looking goals. That was a high
0: skill goal. Yeah. High speed goal. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think it shows what Vince Dunn can be at his best. And it shows a lot of what Ryan O'Reilly can be at his best, which is uh-huh. to take nothing away from Perron. He was just kind of the middleman on that play. Um, and, you know, this happens 47 seconds into the first period of the Winnipeg game. So after Toronto, we are all thinking, hey, it's fixed. We're good. <laughs> it's great. Thanks. And that's no, that's no, not killed any by Colton Pareko scoring his second of the season uh, about 10 minutes later. Um, this was a little bit strange. A puck just kinda got knocked into a nebulous area. Bozak kinda chased it down, but had it knock away knocked away. Maroon and Bozak both battled along the boards with Tyler Myers, and the puck trickled back to T- Pareko at the point, who fired without hesitation, but it was a really strange shot. It was one of those that if this had happened two years ago his stick definitely would have broken whatever that you remember that yeah. season where his stick broke like a 50 times and he didn't score until like christmas or something yeah. um oh, yeah. but yeah somehow his stick doesn't break it was not great technique on the shot but it was just low enough and weird was enough it
1: on the ice the whole way
0: yeah pretty much and i think it may have glanced off joe moro's skating in um it was something um, but was it was—I mean, it was a goal. So hey, you know—I mean, honestly, you can't—you can't pick them, you can't <laughs> complain about them. Uh, much like your nose. <laughs> um, yeah. So what you well, can complain about? Oh, I thought it
1: was like about, a jab at my nose.
0: No, I can't pick your nose, but I can complain about
1: your nose. Oh, oh, now we're talking about like pick. Oh, yeah. It was a. I've had. It was a half c- a beer,
0: <laughs> and I'm hammered. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd had half a beer. I wish I'd had three beers before I had to talk about this next goal. It's Jay Bomeister who scores it, of course, unlike soccer, which is just beautifully brutal and actually (laughs) awards you as the scorer of an own goal, which I just think is poetic. Mm -hmm. Um, Mark Scheifele gets credit for this one. Uh, His third goal of the season, it's, Unassisted, technically, because they can't give an assist to Bomeister either. Um, so it's a weird play. O'Reilly shares some blame in this because at one point he collects the puck and tries to clear it and just whiffs it. But ultimately, Shifley gets behind the net and he's trying to pass cross ice to Line
2: mm-hmm.
0: on um, Allen's other side. And Bomeister's watching the play develop. And I think he's trying to get low and kind of block the pass you know, NHL, EA, NHL, 18, 19 style, where you just kind of go low and mm-hmm. put your body down. But he's right in the crease. And, like, originally, the first few times I watched this, I didn't... I was tempted to defend him. I was more prone to defend him and just say, look, it's a wacky goal. Of course it's him that it happens to. But that could happen to anybody. But, man, the w- more I watched this... His positioning's really bad to be making that play. Hmm. He's really I mean, he's right in the crease. I don't know what business he has trying to get down and block the shot with his skate but yeah. he can't control it. I also don't
1: remember who he was pass. like defending. Oh I he's don't just know. Kind that he was kind of, he's just kinda of there. He's just like there, right yeah. in front of Allen.
0: Um and so it came I mean it obviously went off his skate and right in. Um Obviously, Owen doesn't really have any blame here, but his legs were spread apart about as wide as they possibly could be, and his stick wasn't along the ice. So not great positioning for him. Obviously, you can't expect a puck bouncing in from a foot in front of you via your own defenseman's skates. Uh, But it was just not a good look all around from O'Reilly to Bo to Allen, it's it's just the kind of thing that happens to you to mar what would otherwise be an amazing period when you're scuffling as much as this team is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we went into intermission two to one. Uh, Vince Dunn had uh, his third goal of the season uh, nine and a half minutes into the second period on the power play. This was a nice power play goal, but it was another one I wanted to highlight because it's a really nice reminder that even really good teams can have just total defensive breakdowns. Uh, what happened here was O'Reilly got a pass from Bozak along the goal line, and he has all the time and space in the entire world to handle this puck, and he's just way too skilled to be given this much space. Um, he literally, I literally counted four Mississippi that he was just <laughs> untouched, and he handles from... I'm gonna do hand diagrams which aren't helpful to any of you, but he handles from Halibuck's left at the goal line into the crease. And just, literally just has is untouched. And um let me see, I wrote down who it was. Morrissey, Shifley, and Wheeler are all right around him in kind of a triangle, but nobody crashes in on him, and he just has space and has time, and finally someone kinda half-heartedly tries to get over to him, and by that time He's hit Maroon, who's in the front of the net, and tries to do his kind of trademark front only wraparound where he's like on the goalie's left and tries to one eighty. I mean, it's a it hel- It's a move that he makes that is made possible by his side size. Excuse me, it doesn't get in, but
1: has it worked yet.
0: No, it hasn't. No, doesn't get in. But don- has he scored his first yet? His uh, first goal. Uh I don't think he has. I don't think so. No, he's got a bunch of assists, but um, this was his fifth assist. But I'm not sure he scored his goal. Um, And if he has, it's definitely on the road. Anyway, uh, he doesn't (laughs) get it in, but Dunn is there for the rebound. It was, I mean, it's a great PowerPoint goal. We were crashing in, which was nice. You know, I mean, that's always good to see. But just really watching back, I suggest you go watch it because it's kind of. Almost comical how much time Ryan O'Reilly has to skate there. You really, this game moves so fast and you're so used to it if you watch it. If you watch it as enough to listen to a crazy podcast like us, you just kind of numb to the fact of how fast the game moves. And so when you see a play like that, it's really notable and strange. Um, so it's 3-1 this time entering the third period. And we text each other. Yeah. And what did we say? What did we discuss at intermission?
1: Oh, I said I thought they were still going to lose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so did I.
0: Or at least we said there was some serious concern.
1: Yeah. Th- that's the difference. Is Toronto, I feel like they're a young enough team mm-hmm. that if you're up 3-1 on them, or you're up 3-0. you know, 3-0, yeah, I th- I think they've got enough of a confidence issue. Mm-hmm. They're like, we can capitalize on this. Winnipeg, I don't think, has that problem. Even though they have a lot of young players there, they feel older. I think they do have some older players there. But, I mean, even their young players feel, like, a little more mature and a little less run and gun. And so I'm like, uh, I think Winnipeg's going to, like, clamp down. They're, yeah. like, the they're the new Chicago Blackhawks. When they want to win, they'll win. Mm-hmm. And I did kind of think through the first two periods, the Blues look good. But I also kind of thought Winnipeg looked uncharacteristically, unchar- like, bad or like they thought as eh.
0: evidenced by that O'Reilly goal yeah it's like kind of like eh, low effort level yeah whatever.
1: they're like we'll see what's going on and 3-1 is not a big enough deficit to knock the Winnipeg Jets out of a game not in that venue for sure
0: and yeah and I, I think I really like the way you said they're like the Blackhawks at this point in that if they want to win they will win mm-hmm. um because that they did they just turned it on in the third and uh, ben Sherrod immediately scored um, a minute in. Uh, B- Bufflin sent a puck all the way around the back of the net and ultimately got to Sherrod at the point. Uh, he fired a shot that somehow got in. Um, he does a really nice job of keeping it in at the blue line. And it, it listen, again, I don't want to point – I'm not ever – I haven't blamed any of these goals really on Allen, but again – He is screened, it takes a weird bounce, but literally three-fourths of his net is open. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: I know there's some limitations to your positioning, but it's not good. And he just hits any, you know, any side, any space in the right half of the net and more is open to Sherratt and it gets in there. Uh, And again, I think it might have bounced off a skate that's only ever so much the goalie's fault, but not a great look from anybody It's three to two less than three minutes later. It's tied Mark Shifley, his fourth of the season. Um, This was another one where Allen just looks so friggin' lazy. Uh, Sharap made a shot that bounced off of Allen. He screened a bit, but he makes no attempt to get to the rebound. It was just kind of, well, I stopped the first one. What do you want me to do? (laughs) And it's a wide open net for Shifley, And you can't, like you said, you can't, you just can't give these guys an inch or they'll take the L. I mean, it's mm. just, or will take the L in this <laughs> case, but, um, yeah, so it's 3 3. Uh, I turned it off credit where credit is due. The Blues battle back and get a goal. David Perron, his fifth of the season, Sanford and O'Reilly assisting. Uh, O'Reilly stole a puck on the four track because he's so, 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 so good. Um, I can't wait for Ryan O'Reilly. I'll just call it right now. At some point, probably later this season or early next, he's the fans will turn on him because he's not flashy, uh, and we're it's going to be a Petrangelo situation where we're like, no, 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 no. He's the best player on yeah. the team, <laughs> and everybody else is going to be like, I don't know, Shin's mm-hmm. pretty good, and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, 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 Shin's good. But it's
1: Ryan O'Reilly. So, anyway, just Mm -hmm. enjoy it while it's all positive. We mentioned it last week. He's, like, just the best hockey player on this team. He just looks so different from everyone else. Yeah. He's unaffected by what this team has been and continues to be.
0: (laughs) He really is. And his effort level's always there. Mm. As much as his reputation was hangdog or whatever, his effort level is (laughs) a 1,000 all the time. You hangdog. Uh, there was just a nice triangle pass from him to Sanford to Perron, and uh, Perron took a big shot off the far bar. And, end. hey, it's 4-3 Blues. It's great. We battled mm. back. We secured another lead. Of course, at this point, we would go on to win, except we didn't, naturally. <laughs> uh, with 18 minutes into the period, with a minute and a half left or so, Brian Little scored his third of the season. Guess what? On another rebound, The goalie was pulled, I think it was six on five. Uh, It was a weird trickler, and on Allen, he had no clue where the puck was, and Little finished it with yet another wide-open rebound, which will lead to a statistic that we'll talk about in a little while that I'm guessing hasn't gotten any better after this game. Um Jacob Truba finishes it in overtime. Colton Freyko is supposed to be manning Jacob Truba, but isn't. And (laughs) uh, he's wide open on Allen's blind side uh, for a pass from Kyle Connor. He's he's basically standing in the crease and unmanned, and it's an easy goal. Five to four. The Jets win it in overtime, but the Blues salvaged a point. It's a point Uh, that we got. So there we go, I I guess.
1: What a terrible narrative. Like, if you're winning a game, if you're leading game 3-1 going to the third period, you didn't salvage a point. You lost a point. You were going to get two points, and you lost a point.
0: I try to be glass half full, but it's pretty hard to see it on that one, I think.
1: It's fine. I get it. You technically, you gained a point, a point you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. But really, you had two points, and you only gained one. Obviously,
0: the point is preferable to not. Mm-hmm. So at least we didn't let them win in regulation.
1: Yes, but I agree. I no. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I agree with everything else you on said on Twitter. It was annoying to watch or read or listen to because it felt like people were viewing this game in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. If this game was, I won't even say last year, the year before that. Winnipeg's a good team. You were ahead. It's just you know they're just a better team. It sucks. But that's how it is. You'll get them next time. But this was in a string, minus the Toronto game prior to this, of just awful third-period collapses and a team that looked ill-prepared. by the way,
0: counts the only other win we've had this season. Yeah,
1: even in that 5-3 win. We still allowed two goals. It was 5-1, yeah. Yeah,
0: in the third period and didn't add any.
1: So... If you look at it that way, which I think you have to, this was an awful loss. (laughs) Uh, The people that were saying this was a really good like I heard lots of people spin it 180 degrees. This was as good as we've seen the blues. It's too bad they lost, but man, what an effort. No. 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 And here's
0: this okay.
1: I mean we're gonna We're going to slowly descend into madness, probably
0: pretty quickly. (laughs) This is going to be
1: (laughs) blood-curdling.
0: Excellent. When all (laughs) the talk, all the crappy, recycled, worn-out, acid-washed lines that we get from this team are always its effort. The effort's just got to be there. What excuse do you have (laughs) to not have the effort when you're playing, I would say, the best team in your conference, mm-hmm. It at worst, the third best team in your conference and second best in your division, in their house, which is a phenomenal hockey venue, mm-hmm. and you have a two-goal lead in the third period, what possible excuse is there for you to not have the effort? That does it's not even like, I can, I can understand, who did we play, Columbus this week? Yeah. I can understand you come home, I mean, in a vacuum, again, yeah. not judging on all of these other losses. I can understand in a one-off, you're coming home to play Columbus, it's your first game in a long home stand, you're getting home cooking, Columbus is scuffling a little bit, you take a night off. I get that. I don't like it. It shouldn't ever happen. It doesn't happen to teams like Winnipeg or at least not all the time. <laughs> but I can under like that's at yeah. least something I understand. Look. At the end of the day, this is just a job for these guys. And we've all taken a day off work when we've technically been sitting at work, <laughs> right? I mean, we've all Today. been there. So, yeah, yes. Exactly. AKA Friday. <laughs> um, but but what I just, like, it is... You shouldn't have to...
1: Yeah, what do you have to get up for this game? And
0: that's, like, we'll talk... I mean, we're going to talk about this later, and we've talked about it before. Um, our friend Tommy Hummel from uh, the PC Bombcast and at Hummeltown on Twitter reminded me this week of a phrase I used last year where I said, there's something wrong with the soup. And I said that a lot last year. My point was, when you're making a soup and it's gone bad, you can't just add something to the soup to make it a good soup. You know? You can't just add more whatever, add more fennel or anise <laughs> or other obscure spices. <laughs> it's just a bad soup, and you gotta throw out the soup and make a new soup, right? And I thought Doug Armstrong did that this year, Summer. I really thought he did, but I maybe the soup's still bad.
2: Mm-hmm. Because,
0: me, and you know, to, to keep with that analogy, whatever was in the soup maybe is still in the soup. And I don't know if it's Alex Petrangelo or Alex Steen or Mike Yo, I don't know what it is, but there's no explanation on earth for not having the motivation in this mm. game. To just hold a lead. Like, if you go out and just get reefed in the first period, fine. You take the rest of the night off, you're not catching up to Winnipeg. I mean, not really fine, but
1: you get yeah. what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> like, that's at least something I understand. But in this situation I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, you could have won. You could have won. I oh, hate easily. I hate the third period push excuse to. People will be like, "Well, the other team's going to push in the third period." If they're There's no more proof that you could have yeah. won, excuse me, than that you took the lead again. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're the woke you up
0: a little bit and you're like, "Oh, we better score again and you did." And you still can't put the foot on the throat. <laughs> And jab the pencil in the eye and all that stuff. Sorry, go ahead. No, I I said
1: Army said that quote, and we've never, we've We've never never gotten there. We've never gotten there. He's never
0: found the player that's going to do that.
1: No, I just don't like that the third period push happens in every game from Mm -hmm. one team or the other, and yet teams that have a lead in the third still they still win. It's not impossible to still win when you have a lead in the third period. The other team will push, but the whole point is, don't you know that? You're the team in the lead. You know the other team's going to push. And here's the thing: people not, have a strategy for that.
0: I'm not pining for the days of Ken Hitchcock at all. I but do you am. remember? Well, I kind of. <laughs> but do you remember all the crap we gave him and his teams for turtling in the third period? Yeah. At least they did it. At least it worked. When they turtled, they won. <laughs> not all the time. But a lot of the time, most of the time, I mean the dude had an insane winning percentage while he was here. Mm-hmm. And that counts the half a season he was here where we were just terrible at the end. I don't want that. I don't you can be both. I think mm-hmm. you can be a good offensive team in the third period. You can add to leads. It we could have made it 7 to nothing in the third or 7 to 1 in the third against the Flames instead of 5 to 3, but we just don't. And I don't I don't know if that's coaching or I don't if it's on ice leadership or if it's I, I, it's not goaltending because it's not Jake's fault that the puck's in his end all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Let's move on. Fix you, it. You want to talk <laughs> about Columbus before we just descend back into the madness? Yeah, let's
1: roll right through this game. I went to this game, and it was no fun. I mean, it was fun to start.
0: Oh, 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 oh. I, we would be remiss. Oh. We would be remiss. I'm sorry to interrupt I wouldn't you. be. Without mentioning that in this game, J. Bo Meester played oh, 21 yeah. minutes after he was scratched. <laughs> he played 21 minutes, including 10 shifts in the third period. He was on the ice for four of the five Winnipeg goals, including the one he scored. <laughs> and Vince Dunn, who was great in this boy, entire Vince. game, didn't get to play in the third at all. I mean, he played maybe two minutes in the third.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Who Vince Dunn, I know he's an offensive defender. Vince Dunn is flat out a better defender than Jay Bomeester right now. He's he's not a great defender, but he's an okay defender, he's an adequate defender, and Jay Volmeister is a very bad defender. And then the nerve of him on top of all of that, to say for Mike Yo yeah. after this game, before last night's debacle, which because of last night's debacle has been all but forgotten, to say he wasn't worried about Jay Volmeister. Because he was coming off of the hip surgery, and there was plenty of time left in the season, and if he still looked bad in three or four weeks... Then he'd be more worried. Well, one of you is not going to be here in three or four (laughs)
1: weeks. I don't know which it is. There's so much time, Stephen. Uh,
0: So much time. Just gads of time. We
1: ain't got to figure out jack shit.
0: Months and months. There's basically years of time.
1: Yeah, we're not even in November. Uh, Much less 2019. We've barely even reached
0: Canadian Thanksgiving. Much less American
2: Thanksgiving. (laughs)
1: I don't want to have to specify anymore. Time. There's one Thanksgiving. <laughs> I agree, and it's the Freedom Thanksgiving. Yes, when we declared our freedom from Native America. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Columbus game. Sunquist is in. Right. Tom- Thomas he's is healthy, out, so
0: he plays. Thomas is scratched for the fourth game in the row. Four- and the fifth, by the way, because he's getting scratched this next game for who else but Oscar Sunquist.
1: Mm-hmm. Four straight games for unhappy faces I put on my notes because <laughs> it's a sad day first period of this game they looked okay Blues got a power play goal Tarasenko's third of the season assisted by O'Reilly and Maroon after O'Reilly fired a shot wide of Corpusello, we didn't lose to Bobrovsky nope. we lost to Corpusello, U- but Eunice Corpusalo. after O'Reilly fires a shot wide of Corpusello's left the puck bounces around to the boards to Tarasenko, who's behind the goal line. Corpasalo's right, and Tarasenko puts the puck in off of Corpasalo and it deflects into the net. A nice little heads-up play by Tarasenko. We were moving right to our seats because we were late, and we saw the goal. Nice little, nice little power play goal gets the gets the crowd going, gets the juices flowing. Schwartz, uh, let's see about eight minutes later, got his first of the season, assisted by Shen. Who else? Uh, Tarasenko poke-checks the puck off a jacket stick in the offensive zone. Shen recovers the puck and moves to the low left circle. He then passes it to the middle of the slot for Schwartz to fire home a one-timer. It was the slowest pass I've ever seen in my life, and I said, Schwartz, you have to score this. There's no way, there's no excuse that it can be rolling or bobbled. It is so damn slow. And he scored, so thank God. It was 2-0 Blues. Columbus scored with a little under four minutes left of the first period. Power play goal by Boon Jenner Murray. Oh,
0: did I call it?
1: Mm-hmm. Boon Jenner wrecked this team. <laughs> <laughs> text- Boon Just- Jenner's okay.
0: He's
2: fine.
1: But he shouldn't be wrecking no. teams.
0: <laughs> you texted me before the game for my predictions, though, and I ended up getting them wildly were wrong. Cl- but I think they were
1: close, I thought. I
0: think in heart I was correct in that I said strong effort in the first. Real bad second. Yeah, put a bunch of shots on net, and Boone Jenner gets the game-winning goal. And I was right about Boone Jenner owning us. I was right about strong first period, and I was right about lots of shots.
1: You're wrong. You're right about the second period.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh boy, was I. I was
1: like, after the power play goal by Boone Jenner, is two-one Blues going to the second period? Blues outshot Columbus, or sorry, out, Columbus outshot the Blues fourteen to ten. Second period, the Blues decided. Why wait for the third period to collapse? Let's start early and get these people home. Mm-hmm. It's raining outside. It's Thursday. They need to be home seeing their families. Columbus goal, Anthony Duclair, his third of the season, assisted by Bjorkstrand and Harrington. Bjorkstrand passes to Harrington in the slot. The puck deflects wide of the net to Allen's left. Allen is caught moving right. I'm not entirely sure why. And Duclair tucks the puck into the net I'll behind Allen.
0: It's not that he's a bad goalie.
1: I, the puck's heading to his right, but no, he is no, no, no. super tell, far right. I'm telling
0: you. That can never be discussed. Okay. We can never have that discussion of just whether, hey, is he just not good enough?
1: Duclair put and the And not yeah. be hating
0: him personally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry.
1: No, I say so Duclair put the puck in and there was nothing else to say.
0: That was bitter me.
1: Speaking. That was bi- <laughs> It's gonna get more bitterer. Is bitter
0: one of your Halloween words?
2: Bitter.
1: I think I have Bone crushing, which is like a hockey term and not really a Halloween term. Bone saw is ready. Uh, (laughs) I got three minutes with you. (laughs) Uh Boone Jenner again, his third of the season, assisted by Felino and Anderson. 66% of his goals came tonight. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, this was all this was less than a minute and a half. After the Duclair goal, this was within five minutes of the beginning of the second period. It's getting real dicey. Columbus goal again, David Savard, eight minutes in. This is before halfway through the game. They're up. What is that? Five to two? No, that can't be right. Three to two. Four to two. That's it. We did <laughs> real quick math. It's four to two. And then I really thought it was over. I thought we weren't gonna score any more goals, but Steen proved me wrong. He actually, this is a very interesting goal by Steen. I mean, his goal wasn't interesting. It's interesting what leads up to it. Um, Anderson starts slashing Edmondson right after Edmondson fired a puck and Anderson blocked it. And Anderson was not happy that the puck was fired hard and that he decided to block it. It stung him. So he was pissed at Edmondson. (laughs) Then he took a whack at his hand. There was a linesman there, and I know they don't call those, but nothing happened. He just like two-handed him right in the hand, uh-huh. and Edmondson's like whipping his glove around and everything, bent over, and the play is still happening, and the play is still happening. Uh, Edmondson gets the goal or gets the uh, puck back though, and he tries to fire it on net. It deflects over off. Did of... that
0: one hit Anderson? And no, make him angry? I
1: wish it hit a different blues or a different Blue Jackets <laughs> just player. Just fires it right at a schnoz. Just do it. Steen, later on in this game, mm-hmm. looked super pissed, and I think he did fire a shot into a dude's chest on purpose. <laughs> like, I'm 90% <laughs> sure he did that, and I'm so happy he did. Um, Edmondson, though, has shot, deflects off a Blue Jackets skate to awaiting Steen, or a surprise Steen, really, who scores behind Corpusello. It is now four to three and you're like "Eh, maybe we got something going here the blues outshot columbus 12 to 10 on did
0: you really though think maybe we had something going
1: no because
0: for some reason i didn't
1: for some reason for uh, for a good reason here's
0: the thing i i was so in the tank for let's fire yo at this point that i wasn't rooting against us but i was almost a little disappointed steen scored I was like, oh no, they might save his job because I was certain we couldn't lose this game and have him still be employed.
1: I'll admit it. So, tomorrow's. I'll, I'll admit this part. Uh, tomorrow's like a Halloween party I'm going to. I'll probably be very drunk. I'm going to be cheering for the Blues to lose. I'm sorry. It's true. I want them to lose, (laughs) because I just want to see, well, I want to see Yo Fire, but I just want to see how far the rabbit hole goes. What happens?
0: Just embrace the chaos. Yeah, what happens? Much like the Joker says, we're all dogs chasing cars. We wouldn't know what to do with one if we ever caught it. Mm -hmm. Great line. It's a phenomenal line. It's a (laughs) phenomenal performance. You know, I don't think enough people (laughs) talk about Heath Ledger's performance (laughs) as the Joker. Really underrated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Underrated. Right along there with Darth Vader as best villain. Yep.
0: Uh And
1: um, all the other movies. And no other examples.
0: Orson Welles' Citizen Kane was okay. It was
1: was, was all right. Um, I mean, it's three third period goals, back to back to back. Uh, In under a minute, Josh Anderson just whips through the Blues defense, just blows by three guys, scores... It's now 5-3. to three. Game's over. I mean, game's just over. But it's not over because Anthony Duclair scores a power play goal uh, less than two minutes later. And then in under four minutes later, Seth Jones scores a goal. So it is now 7-3. to three. The Boo Birds are out. I'll tell you what. Stop wooing. Stop wooing. You're, that's, ki- that's you're killing the, the team. <laughs> you're killing the team.
0: It's your fault. If you woo, we lose.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just true. Sanford scores a goal. And like you said dead
0: dead inside just is dead this <laughs> is literally no i've never seen less emotion and somebody i tweeted that and somebody tweeted me it's like what do you expect they're down 7 to 4 and i'm like i get it yeah. <laughs> i'm not saying i don't understand i'm just saying look into his cold dead eyes and see this team captured in a nutshell
1: I can't believe they still it wasn't play the like goal... horn. calling yeah.
0: for a sick Sally.
1: You play the goal horn and you play the new song, which is alright. You should play the and sad it's,
0: Chelsea Dagger song yeah. instead. Da, 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 it should just be da, da, no music. Da, da,
1: da. It should I be agree. just like when the opponents score, the light comes on. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 Game over. Blues lose 7-4. Oh, four. no, 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 no.
0: You forgot a critical oh, event. I
1: forgot. We had walked out of this point. With under four minutes left, me and my... Me and my father said, we're done with this demon, walked. But we got to miss the part where Pierre, Pierre-Luc Pierre Dubois, mm-hmm. this dirty old Frenchman. Tell me more. Just Dirty young Frenchman. I know. He's like, whatever. France! 20 <laughs> shoved Oscar Sundquist's face into the ice. He rode that man into the ice. Or
0: as I saw in one article, pounded him from behind. <laughs> Not joking. Yeah, I saw that.
1: We all saw that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And no one on this team did anything.
0: Here's the thing. Not
1: even close. The refs did more I, to guard Sunquist than his team. did. Even though did. he got a roughing penalty, too. May
0: may I? May I just explode here for a second?
1: I mean, this is what it is. Let's just go for it now. We're, we're here. It's no yeah. hold
0: bars anymore. No holds barred. Usually, I hate the man up rhetoric. I've said it on this show before. When people talk about this team is too soft, Petrangelo is too soft, whatever, mm-hmm. I don't think that's our biggest problem. But this one got to me somehow. We way even more than the uh, than the uh, the the Jamie Ben sitting on Alex Petrangelo thing, which was mm-hmm. the big outrage of last season. You have. A young, not even a young player, really, just a a, a a role player. And not only that, but he's coming back from missing a month because of a concussion that he suffered after a brutal hit... And some French
1: asshole, mm-hmm.
0: who, by the way, is a high-skilled player.
1: Yeah, that's not like a goon over there. In
0: a, te- on a, g- in a game where his team is up 7-4, to four, decides to smash your teammate's face into the ice. I think there were literally still, like, scars on Sunquist's face. Oh, yeah, face there are. From the last time he got just blasted. And there, by the way, wasn't a lot of retaliation for that, all things considered, but there was some. And nobody on this team has the stones. Or really, it's not even that. I hate that, like, man-up language. Mm. It's just the self-respect. Yeah. Nobody has the God's honest self-respect, much less the teammate respect, to do anything about it. I'm not even asking you to, like, go over and shank him. But, like, pull him off, do something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's literally, like, what, 11 seconds left? There's no... I mean, you're... Yeah, sure. Take an instigator penalty. Who cares? There's no punishment. There's nothing on the line, which is not even to mention that you're up, down 7 to 4. So even if there'd been three minutes left, who cares, really? But, like... Nobody does anything. And to me, that's the perfect encapsulation of this team right now.
1: Yeah. And that's why I
0: think it doesn't just get fixed. They don't just wake up one day and there's the effort. Mm -hmm. There is, to me, there is so little chance they beat Chicago tomorrow. And not even from a like, oh, I want them to lose. Mm. From whence would they find this magic serum? that's going to help them win that game. This is just so utterly reminiscent to me of the of the end of the Hitchcock era, where it was just like, this team does not have the will yeah. to win.
1: Well, shit, just last year.
0: Well, yeah, last year too, especially in the Allen days. But I'm talking about, I specifically mean when the team had given up on Hitchcock mm-hmm. and they weren't even trying to win. Like, I think literally they were trying not to win to not get him his whatever yeah when like his 600th or whatever with the team like literally they just stopped efforting
1: but do you think that they're giving up on yo
0: I I think so I don't know they're giving up on something even I don't know if they've given up on him or if he's just so bad a coach that he can't
1: they don't have anything to believe in
2: <laughs>
0: yeah like what where's the message where's the anything?
1: Yeah, I. we had... Did you have any of the quotes from this game?
0: Because um,
1: there's a lot of them. Yeah, a lot I of can, I'll let me pull them up. Okay. Stall
0: for a bit. You All say right. stuff.
1: <laughs> Do a little musical number. <laughs> yeah, I saw it as a continuation of last year where... They just seem lost, and they don't seem like they have a system in any zone. Mm-mm. They here. I'll run through you while you're looking at that. I'll run through you a list of things. I forgot I had this, of this team's problems, and it's just all it. I mean, it's everything. Uh, subpar goaltending. What? Go ahead.
0: I have to tell you the yeah. freakiest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yes. To me. Now. Seriously, <laughs> this is like Halloween episode levels. of creepy. Okay. I was going to Google as I was loading one page to search for those quotes. It
1: was a creepypasta. I was
0: going to Google and typing in Hockey Wilderness. Why Mike Yo failed because there's this article from Hockey Wilderness.
2: Yeah.
0: Where it's from when he was the day he was fired by it's their it's the Wild Sports Nation blog anyway. I've read it a thousand times lately because it's so eerie of all the same things he's struggling with. And a friend of mine texted me the link as I was typing into Google. We have not talked about this story. He w- he must have just come upon it. Yeah. Innocently. And he texted it as I was searching. That's creepy to me. Sorry. That
1: is. Hold on. <laughs> that is nightmarish.
0: That, that's, that's a good word and for And that's
1: it. a word. That's hauntingly dreadful. That he would do such a
0: thing. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not shaking because it's not like scary in any you way. But be. like, I'm like, good. Eh.
1: You got a ghost on that machine. Yep. And it's after your brain. Yep. Um, no, list of this team's problems. I don't know why I made it. It's very long, bind to it quick. Subpar goaltending, defensemen not tying up their man in the crease, the team losing an opposing player in the slot, slow transition through the neutral zone, poor defense in the neutral zone, opposing players easily getting behind our defensemen, not playing as a five-man unit. For example, when leaving their own zone, our forwards are so far away from the defensemen. Slow decision-making in the offensive zone, leading to passes getting picked off and shots being blocked. No creativity in the offensive zone. Rarely do we make a goalie move laterally very little pressure on the other team whether it be on the forecheck or backcheck. practically zero physical play teammates not sticking up for one another a coach who cannot get his players to work together or adjust his strategy appropriately from game to game much less period to period yep yep that's all of it and more i'm sure than just where'd that. you get
0: that from was that from I,
1: I just wrote it up
0: oh you wrote it well you're brilliant <laughs>
1: I no. have a PhD in shit talking.
0: We'll, we'll get back to the quotes, but since I've made such a big deal about this article, let me just mention: uh, I'm not going to read a great big chunk of it, but I do want to read some parts of it. Let's just talk about the 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 bolded five reasons they label for why Markio Markio Markio
1: <laughs> Mark was, was gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the old Roger Goodell pronunciation. <laughs>
1: Number one,
0: over-reliance on aging veterans. Mm. Check. Number two, awful power play. Not a check this season. Good for you, Mike. You (laughs) fixed one thing. You did it. And listen, I'm not counting on it working all year, are you? No. Because it was hot to start last year, too. And then he couldn't fix it. Number three, inability to foster offensive talent. Check. Mm-hmm. Let me read you a specific part about Mikhail Granlin. We tweeted this out yesterday or recently, but in case people missed it. In 2012, Corey Pronman, a well respected source on all things prospects, had the wild fourth overall in his rankings of orga- organizational prospect talent. You remember where the Blues were this year? I think they were third overall, mm-hmm. right? Most notable of those prospects was Mikhail Granlund, who Pronman had ranked number one in the world. Damn. Now, Robert Thomas isn't number one in the world, but he's number one on our team, and Prondman has him, like, sixth.
2: Yeah.
0: When Granlund got off to a slow start in Minnesota, Yo's response was to stick the diminutive center on the fourth line where he was supposed to learn to play the right way, end quotes. hmm Grandlin was also alternated from center to the wing multiple times. We'll never know if under any different direction Grandlin could have developed into the star he was touted to be, but it is abundantly clear that Yo added little to no value to Granlin's career. Here's what they didn't know then. Mike Yo's been gone two seasons from Minnesota 3, but counting not counting yeah. the one where he was half there and half gone. Michael Granlund, Mikhail Granlund, in those two full seasons without Mike Yo, has scored 130, I'm trying to remember, 35 points in two seasons. 69 in the first one, 67 last year. They go on to say, Yo's response to any short stretch of below-average games from his talented youngsters, be it Nino, meaning Niederreiter, Zucker, our coil was to heavily reduce their ice time by putting them on the fourth line or just to scratch them instead of providing avenues to get out of their scoring slumps. I mean, it's the same. That's the exact It's word same. for word still happening. The two other things were the swoons with a lot of those. Yes, every team goes through losing stretches, but you could set your watch to the midseason wild swoon. The reasons for the perennial slumps are many, but the constant throughout was yo being there, steadfastly stating that the wild just need to play the right way or commit to defense. And then the last one was bad luck, which I don't think he's honestly had that much of in St. Louis. I Mm -hmm. think he's just been bad. But does that not scare the hell out of you? I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, at the time, Wild fans were laughing at us, and we were like, whatever, guys, you're not so good, great, you don't know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and he's, he just hasn't changed. He just hasn't changed at all.
1: I always had an inkling when we hired him and as the coach-in-waiting, which already sounded a little bit... a
0: butcher job, yeah, by the way. Yeah,
1: that started out poorly from day one, and I was like, maybe it'll be different, but I don't have a lot of faith, and I don't have any faith now. The last ounce of faith I had that I didn't think I had was gone yesterday.
0: Yep. 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 (laughs) I've got those quotes now. You want me to read those quotes? Could you hand me that water bottle behind you as I'll say live on the air? He's
1: parched. That Um... was repulsive. Excellent.
0: Uh, Should I read some bullshit from Mike Yo, some bullshit from Alex (laughs) Dean, some bullshit from Vladimir Tarasenko, or some bullshit from Alex Petrangelo?
1: i would pick your poison.
0: Uh, here's a quote. Here's the first one I'm on. You got
1: a ghost in this room.
0: Mike Yo said, this is a group that I really care about, and it's a group that I really believe in. That means a lot to me for sure. We're not that right now, but I believe that we're still going to be looking back at this t- as a turning point. How? What about this would be a turning point? I think you Ooh, said that a couple games You had a closed-door meeting for 23 minutes after the game? Wow. What do you
1: think they say in those?
0: I don't even know! And here's the thing, he did this last year, and we were supposed to be so impressed when he made everybody answer to the media, which he clearly did tonight, because... I'll be honest, Petrangelo never talks to the media, Tarasenko never talks to the media unless he has to, so he clearly made some people answer for this. Um, Steen did a lot of talking, but that's not necessarily as rare, he talks more often. Um... (laughs) Tarasenko said, just to clear this up, I don't have any doubt about anybody in this locker room. We will do this. I believe in this. And trust me, we will put 100% out there on Saturday night against Chicago, and we will prove that we don't have a shit team like it was tonight. <laughs> it's not acceptable to lose like this at home. So thank you, Vladdy, for at least swearing. I at know. least something to break up he them
1: changed enough. it up. I'll give him credit for that.
0: Um I'm trying.
1: You don't believe this quote.
0: Uh, No, I was trying to (laughs) decipher it. Oh, this was my favorite one of the whole night. Alex Steen. There's no easy fix, but the problems that are happening right now are easy to fix.
2: (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) The work ethic part of it has to be there more consistently. Uh, Vladimir (laughs) Tarasenko says it feels like shit to be doing this in front of our fans. Uh
1: did someone just teach him the word shit?
0: Yeah. I think so <laughs> uh, Korak says, "Just talk to Tarasenko." And needless to say, Hard Knocks would love it. He was pretty bold and in full support of Mike Yo. And then Mike Yo said, "My job should be in question right now." So at least he's right about something.
1: Is that like yeah? Is that one of those weird things where you get out of head when you like fail a test and you go, "That's okay." I didn't study. (laughs) And they're like, no, you still failed. It's like, my job should be in question. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh.
0: My grade shouldn't be bad, because I haven't done my
1: work. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Mikey. I... Oh man, some of these quotes are just so terrible.
0: Uh, let me read one from Petrangelo because I didn't let him. I let him dodge the bullet. One time it's Mike, next time it's Jake, next time it's whoever. It's going to come from within this room. It's not that. It's got to come from us. We've got to get back to doing the small things. Maybe do the big things like score goals and not allow them. It's going <laughs> to come from within the room. I'm so sick of this notion that they always have, and I I think small things is the yo equivalent of dirty areas cuz they oh. just say it all the time and i think there's this notion that there's just one small switch and if we start doing that we'll stop collapsing constantly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i just don't like
1: oh, i hate everything they forgot to put their sticks in the passing lanes once mm-hmm. they do that we win 7 to 1 every game
0: and then the 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 big quote and and I, I don't know. It's not a big quote, but we talk, We got on Twitter and tweeted that question from Jeremy Rutherford, and it was something to the effect of, you know, at what point – you keep talking about uncharacteristic mistakes, but at what point does this just become who you are and these are the mistakes you make as a team? And Alex team was – Honestly, clearly stunned and angered by the question and said, I don't know how to answer that question. That's not who we are. Everybody knows that it is who you are. It
1: it is because you're doing it right now. Uh, That's who you are more than like 80 percent of the time, Alex.
0: Where do we go? You want to talk about players? What do you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, let's talk about. Okay, let's talk about players because we and we'll talk about Mike Yo." A little bit later again, too. But we know Mikey O's a problem. The, like, Jesus. Like, honestly, guys, at this point, he's gone. Like, if it's not, if for some reason they lose to Chicago and he's not gone then, I mean, it seems a little odd, but he's gone at some point. He's just if gone. If he's
0: not fired, if we lose, I was going to say in embarrassing fashion, but at all, if we yeah. lose to Chicago and he's not fired, It will that will be when it switches from,
1: Uh-oh, okay, yeah. I'm
0: bloodthirsty and angry, but I can understand why you don't make the move yet, to I'm angry at Armstrong.
1: I know. You go, Oh, the uh, anger has gone up the ladder.
0: Yep. yep, and pretty soon after that, it'll just be Stillman, because why not?
1: Yeah, and we kind of talked about, too, um, with the eventual new coach, whoever it may be, because you just know it's coming. That's... Armstrong's last coach. Mhm. When that guy's gone, Armstrong's gone. Yep. Armstrong has been here for
0: 8 years, 7 years?
1: Yeah, but how many is this going to be his
0: fourth coach?
1: Fourth coach?
0: He was here He hired Davis Payne, right? Yeah. So the next one will be four. Yeah. Five kind of, but he inherited whoever was before. Yeah. Who was that? Catch Murray. Murray. God.
1: Andy Murray, we don't have numbered lines, we have colored lines, Damn mm-hmm. it! You're the gray line, and you're the yellow line, <laughs> and you're the green line.
0: Maybe that's the fix for Mike Yeo.
1: And David Perron, you get those white skates off your feet, or I will throw you in the Mississippi oh, yeah, River. It's
0: like a controversy.
1: Oh, yeah. Remember the simpler times? <laughs> you
0: should bring those back now.
1: Man, those were fun. I don't know if they're allowed, but... Um. Players. Oh, my point was with Mike Yo. we know that's just going to happen. We've talked about it. It seems like everyone on Twitter, as far as I can tell, has given up on the guy. There's stragglers, but I'm sorry, folks, he's gone at some point. So let's talk. I think when you fire Mike Yo, that's a big step in the right direction. I also think there's still a problem with this team. And I think it's player-related, because that's all it can be after that. So let's talk players.
0: Let's do it. And I'm going to bring up before we do that, the cap-friendly page for this team, too, because we might as well talk about every angle of these players. Who
1: can we trade? Robbie Fabry's broken knees. Come on down.
0: We're going to go alphabetical by first name because this brokenassnhl.com <laughs> NHL.com makes it so. Hell yeah. Alex Petrangelo. He's played in nine games. He has one assist and no other points. <laughs> He, um, is currently, I think, a minus nine? Yes. And he has four penalty minutes and 14 shots. Your thoughts on Alex Petrangelo, please.
1: (laughs) Just come to the front of the class. Um, I believe in Alex Petrangelo. I think...
0: I believe in Harvey Dent. Mm -hmm.
1: And, uh, that guy's a psychopath. Yeah. So average twenty
0: one minutes on the ice. Oh wait, that's where I know we're at. I
1: was like, that seems kinda low.
0: Let's see. Let's see. Oh, this one's gonna go alphabetical by last name, so that's helpful. Uh averages twenty-five minutes on the okay. ice. Okay. Just under. Just a hair under.
1: Despite his really awful start. You, you st- dreadful. Yeah, dreadful. But he's
0: been be- I mean he's Spooky. still not been great. No. But he's been better lately.
1: No, he's improved, and I don't. <laughs> Did
0: you say spooky for yeah, me? Yeah, which is
1: boring. He's been not magical. <laughs> he's been ominous. He's there part of the ominous. occult. <laughs> um,
0: You're gonna have to send me this list so we can okay. tweet it out. Okay.
1: Um For as bad as he's been, he's still like a cornerstone of your team. Uh, you don't. Trade them. It seems weird. I get it. There's a lot of people who are like, if you trade them, you get a lot for them. But the, there's nothing behind Here's
0: him. Here's the thing. For the first time ever, mm-hmm. I'd consider it. Oh, uh, I'm not I've against never, it. I've I never guess. considered it before.
1: I guess I've I shouldn't say I'm always against it. thought
0: it was laughable before. And I've always said there is no return on earth that you can get.
1: But you can't trade them now.
0: Well, no. No, you can't. But you know what What's I'm saying. What's the value? Like, here's the thing. All I'm saying is, like, I'm seeing anything wrong there for the first yeah. time ever. No, I gotcha. And here's the other thing. I talked about this a little bit in an article I wrote. Um, we'll do the horn later. Don't worry about it. But, okay, good. Uh, he's a new father of triplets. And I know there are people at them there.
1: Yes. <laughs> That was ghostly.
0: This room is haunted tonight. I, I just saw your soul leave your body.
1: If you tune into the live stream, you'll see.
0: A rubber band ball rolled off the table. Did it hit you?
1: No, I dropped that.
0: That's all that happened. Yeah. Okay, so you knew it was gonna hit the floor. Yeah.
1: But I acted like it was spooky. <laughs>
0: Uh, for those who can't see it at home, which is all of you, he literally jumped out of his skin. It was great. What was I saying? Alex Petrangelo Mm -hmm. is a new father, and I know there are people, because I've seen these people, who don't want to hear it. And don't want to say and don't want to give him any excuses for that. But you try raising three-month-old triplets. And you see if it doesn't affect your work performance. (laughs) Because I'm guessing it will. And look, is that an excuse? No, not really. But let's try to be human beings Mm -hmm. and understand that maybe he's not going to be at his best until he gets adjusted to that lifestyle. And that's the thing. It's not just that he can't be a good hockey player anymore they're three month old triplets and this is his first nine games being their father uh, i can't it's triplets it's triplets <laughs> it's not just a kid it's triplets i'm just saying give him a little elbow
1: right it's there. like one of them times three
0: exactly it's like that scene in friends you've all seen friends you all have an encyclopedic knowledge of friends Where Chandler swallows the army guy, and they have to go to the hospital, so Phoebe's watching the triplets on her own, and it does not go well. So that's episode (laughs) something, the
1: one something. Put her on the blue line.
0: There we go. Phoebe Buffet guarding the net for the St. Louis Blues. I bet we'd do well with Regina Falanges, though. That'd be Mm -hmm. dope. Alexander Steen. He has three points, three goals and three assists, six points in nine games, and is a minus four, you know, plus minus. I don't put a lot of weight in mm-hmm. other than when you're captain and best defenseman is minus nine. I do see a little bit of a problem there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steen overall, I think he's been okay.
1: Yeah, I think he's been one of the few guys that looks like he's trying out there, that's for sure. Yep.
0: Yep, yep. His quotes are angered and confused, which I guess is something.
1: God, like, I know this team hasn't just been garbage for his whole tenure here. Like, we've had some really good teams. We kind of forget, you know, because the playoffs haven't been very kind to us. But generally, throughout the regular season, they've been really good. But I still kind of feel bad for him. I mean, just because he's been here this whole time. And it went up. And now it's going back down, and he's on the downside of his career, too. And it's like, really? I just wanted a team that would at least partially carry me you know, to the promised land, but it's not happening this year. Mm-hmm. It probably ain't happening next year. I'm sorry, Alex. You're not winning a cup with the St. Louis Blues. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, he, I think he goes out there and he tries, and they've reduced his minutes slightly, which is kind of nice to see. He's on the third line with Bozak. They look generally fine together. Um, I haven't really seen Steen make any huge gaffes individually. He's
0: average eighteen minutes. Oh which damn. Is still pretty high, but yeah. he's been around twenty a lot of times in the past.
1: I so. suppose he plays on both both special teams units. Um, so
0: but he's on pace for 54, 55 points, which I'm not saying he gets there, but if he got anywhere close to that, I think it'd be a home run season after mm-hmm. last year. I mean we were You and I were saying, I think just a couple weeks ago, that we'd be pretty satisfied with 40 Mm -hmm. to 45 from him because he had 46 last year, you know, and I don't think that's a bad new expectation. So, yeah, I mean, his his point scoring was never necessarily his primary attribute to the table anyway.
1: Yeah, he's looked like still a solid two-way forward. I think he's been good defensively, so... One of the few guys I'm not necessarily upset with on this team. Yeah. Braden
0: Shen, seven points, minus two. Um, yeah, I mean, I four power play points, two power play goals, 25 shots. Anything particularly to say there?
1: No, he reminds me of Braden Shen post, post-October post last year. He would look good in stretches. Earthly
0: Braden Shen? Yeah.
1: Yes, not... <laughs> unearthly, which is on this list.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, <laughs> he looks fine. He looks okay in spurts. It's one of those things where some games you forget he's on the team, other games he looks really good. I think Darren Pang put it perfectly when he said Braden Shen is his best when he's playing physical. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of another, I mean, not exactly, but he's in the mold of David Backus. When he's playing physical, that's when he gets the puck, that's when he scores, that's when he's involved in the game. When it's a non-physical game for him, He's just more of a ghost, yeah, I'd like to see more from him, but I also don't i mean he's a big part of the team, but I think to me he's still always never seems like a driver of the team. Does that make sense mm-hmm. he's a he's a very important secondary part. I don't like I would list him as a core member, but I'd list him as an outside core maybe because he's still new, yeah. that's probably different for me, but I just don't think he's the guy where you're like. Jesus, braid and pick it up.
0: Well, plus he's got, what, two years left on his deal? Um, yeah, this year and next year, I would like us to extend him. Yeah. But if he became a trade piece, I don't think your team's devastated. Yeah, I'd I like I think this, there was yeah. a time last year where we thought, impossible, you mm-hmm. know. But um, he's on pace for 63, 64 points, which is down from 70, but it would still be you know, his highest season other than last year, I think. Um. yeah I mean he's really good he's, he looks great with Schwartz I just don't think he's a golden god necessarily mm-hmm. and that's fine He if the rest of the team was going fine no one would be worried about him and I'm not so yeah. uh, I guess that's a good enough place as any to leave it let's talk about Colton Pareko but... Colton Pareko oh we've forgotten our candy bars haven't we oh we did uh, we had an idea to do a little game where we compared these players to a candy bar, and my page isn't loading right now, but you have one for Alex Steen, didn't you, or did you not, I, ultimately?
1: No, I do. Okay. It's very simple. Alex Steen is the Swedish fish
0: okay. of this team. tell me more.
1: <laughs> I just wrote down, obviously. Because
0: he's sweet. Because
1: he's chewy. And he's he's actually okay. Uh-huh. People don't like people don't like Swedish fish, but they're actually okay.
0: They're fine, yeah,
1: yeah. And I think that's Alex team. <laughs> people don't like Alex team, but he's actually okay.
0: Perfect. Uh, Colton Pareko, I said, was the Mike and Ike of this team.
1: Oh well, then I hate him.
0: At first, well, I like Mike and Ike at first.
1: Oh, never mind. Yes, at first, wrong candy.
0: You bite in; they're tasty. You love them; they're delightful. And then. The more you chew on it, the more they get stuck in your teeth, the more you start thinking about them, and the less you like them. <laughs> and that's me with Colton Pareko at first, or right now. Uh, he does have three points. He is a zero on the plus-minus, which is much better than most of our defense, but... Um, He's got two goals. He's firing his shots a little more this season. There are some things to be happy about, but he's also (laughs) made embarrassingly terrible plays on game-winning goals in two games this season uh, on the road trip even just in Canada, I think, Mm. because one was Montreal and one was uh, the one against Truba and the Jets. Um, so where do you sit with Colton Pareko, who is averaging, if I can find it here, stall for time, stall for time, uh, 21 minutes on the ice.
1: Uh, he's been disappointing.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. But
1: he's, he's met my expectations that I thought he would be disappointing anyway, so he hasn't been any worse than I thought, but it's just a guy that, to me, looks nervous Mm -hmm. when he plays. He doesn't look comfortable. This is his fourth year? The NHL, yep, and he still doesn't look comfortable. He's
0: never looked comfortable on that contract, I don't
1: think. Yeah, he looked bad, he looked great rookie year, looked okay sophomore year, but I was like, that's all right, and then he just never is quite rebounded. He again, fine defensively generally, but he's just he never engages physically. He's never, I'd feel like he's the opposite of Petrangelo. Petrangelo, you see. Almost do very little work and win a board battle. I see Quinton Preko do a lot of work and none of it. Even when he's doing it, I'm like, man, that's a lot of moving. Yep. Not getting a lot done, and then the guy, the opponent, comes away with the puck anyways, and it's like, okay, that didn't work. That's not your strong suit. Let's see if it's uh, like you know, open ice, open ice defense. Not that either. Not necessarily great with a stick, despite how much he tries to use it all the time, because he doesn't get physical with anybody, and it's he's just kind of there. Yeah, he doesn't really get walked, which is nice. <laughs> that's a check box, mm-hmm. you know, right there. That's a positive. But he's to me, he's just a he's just a there defenseman. So as much as people are like, he could be our first, you know, first pairing defenseman, and on another team, he'd just be amazing defenseman. I'm like, okay, maybe on like an awful team, and I don't know. That's kind of what we are. So he can't really be a first pairing defenseman <laughs> here. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's just a guy to me now, and he can he has the potential, and he has the um he has the attributes to be better than just that and you can see it and it happens so i don't mean to just shit on the guy he's not a terrible defenseman but i i don't know he's just a guy to me
0: yeah and i think that my one problem with pareko is that i do think a lot of this fan base still look at him as something of a golden boy Mm -hmm. and look you got him in the fifth round Six, fourth round, whatever. 3rd,
1: yeah. fourth, somewhere. When he it. was like 5'5 five, five or whatever. For... He was some tiny height and he grew in a... Wasn't
0: that boy not Pareko?
1: No, it was Pareko too. Oh, I mean, okay. he wasn't tiny, tiny, but he was like six foot.
0: Okay. I didn't know that. But um, yeah, but uh, like, I, I just think he's one of the guys that our fan base always does this, but he's definitely one of the ones where it's like, oh, you can't say bad things about him. And we're coming around a little bit on that lately, but he's still one of the ones that does not get, you know. Yeah. Bo Easter is criticized all the time and never complimented. And Pareko is praised all the time and never criticized. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Perron has been absolutely phenomenal yeah. so far this year. I mean, I think we all expected a big slowdown from his, what, 77, 70 points. Sixty six points, I think 66, somewhere. yeah. Uh some ridiculous amount last year, but he is currently on a point per game pace, which I wouldn't expect him to keep up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's been the engine of this team, and even if you keep even if you take the hat trick away from him, he's still got six points in nine games, which is a fifty-five or so point pace. Um, man, he's looked good. I love David Perron. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I know he's been a scapegoat a lot in the past, but just his willingness to come back to this team over and over again alone is exciting for me. Mm-hmm.
1: He's been he's been a hard worker, especially in the offensive zone too. A lot of really good in the forecheck. Um, like you said, surprising offensive output mm-hmm. for us. And I just found a lot of chemistry with uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. In fact, Sanford, O'Reilly, and Pranav looked really good. Yeah, that's he's, been a
0: weird... The weirdest yeah. unexpected pairing of the
1: year. He's gotten a little outworked uh, defensively. I've noticed a few times where we end up in our own zone because he hasn't cleared it quite as fast. I suppose would be so. I think he has. He has can shoulder some of the blame, and I mean not obviously in a complete loss, but shoulder some of the blame with the rest of this team. But I said uh, David Pran, and we talked about this earlier. Is the is the Kit Kat. Of this team, because uh, just when you think you're done, there's more. (laughs) And you can break up his career with the Blues into many pieces.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I like it, and it's accurate. Uh, Let's move on to Ivan Barvashev. I don't think there's a lot to say here. He's looked better. He's been mostly in a Mm third-line role. I think he's been a good fourth-line player. Uh, He has the lowest Corsi 4 percentage on the team, which... Is, I I don't love individual Corsi Ford at all generally he's playing fourth line so that's to be expected somewhat it's yeah. just a thing that you know now I had that information in your in my brain now you have it in yours um <laughs> like is fine he has three points he's only a minus two he's averaging 10 minutes on the ice.
1: Plays on the penalty kill now.
0: Gets some hits, plays on the penalty kill. He's fine. I mean, I, I think he's been fine. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to move on with fine? Yeah,
1: I think, and we can kind of talk about this maybe with other fourth-line players too. I wonder if uh, some of this team's problem is that our new-look fourth-line is not a regular fourth-line, and mm-hmm. the regular fourth-line gets you moving. Is yeah. your meat and potatoes, Kyle Brodziak, Scotty Upshaw. Oh,
0: this team misses Kyle. Ryan
1: Braziac. Reeves. Where like, oh man, this team, you know, we're down six to three. Mm-hmm. Just roll those fucks out there, <laughs> and they'll they'll get. I mean, seriously, that's when like Kyle Braziak pots one, and you're like, oh shit, we gotta go. Yeah. Like we can't let Kyle Braziak show us up. I don't think that's how that works. But they're like, shit, we gotta get stuff and gear. And also just like a locker room presence. So I don't know if it's just having young guys on this fourth line that obviously Yo doesn't trust. I know the fourth line's log in eight minutes regardless of who you are. Mm-hmm. But you can ki- i think you would kind of trust Bradzak and those guys. Like, oh, we need a shoulder. You know, some of these guys need to rest. Okay, they'll play eleven minutes.
2: Yeah.
1: We're yeah. not getting any of that anymore. No, so no. I do. I don't place the blame on the young guys, but I just wonder if we miss some of that from a traditional well, fourth and line. I
0: think those guys would be better served playing higher at the lineup anyway, so yeah. I don't think it's an insult to them necessarily either. Uh, Jaden Schwartz. Jaden Schwartz is like a Butterfinger mm,
2: because you know those. how
0: good it can be But it's broken most of the time before we (laughs) can open the package.
1: Oh, well done. Uh, I love it.
0: Thank you very much. I was pretty proud of that one. Uh, He's played in seven games this year because of his little oopsie with the skate. Uh, He has three (laughs) points. He scored his first goal against Columbus last night. 16 shots. I don't think he's looked especially bad, but he certainly hasn't looked especially good. Uh, particularly when you compare it to last October when he was carrying the entire team. Yeah.
1: It's pretty much inverse of then. I've I don't think he's looked terrible, but there's been some shifts where man, he definitely looks like he's just dogging it. Like really? This you're like you're the we've touted on this podcast, Jaden. We've you've <laughs> tarnished our word. We said you were the workhorse of this team. You were the engine. Yeah. And maybe that's part. I mean, maybe that's, that could be part of it. Could be. When Jaden Schwartz ain't doing squat, like when he's injured, we look like shit. So I think you uh, kind of like Petrangelo. I there's too much there where I I don't think he's there's no way he's gonna turn it around. I think he will. I,
0: I could see either of those guys going on a real hot streak and carrying mm. the team for a while, but
1: but I, I need to want, see it.
0: And yeah, and I also, I mean, I want that because I want us to win games, but like I don't want that to be how we find a little success because it's a false positive. Mm. It was a false positive last October when the defense scored like a gajillion goals and the power play was burning up and mm. alan was fine and and i don't want that again necessarily but schwartz like i'm not too worried about him uh hey you know who's <laughs> alphabetically next yeah is jacob jared
1: <laughs> oh boo uh, uh,
0: uh let's move from him oh god i'm so <laughs> sorry to jay bowmeister jay Bomeester is a mounds bar Because it's terrible, and everybody knows it's terrible, but there's still that one weird old guy who really (laughs) loves him and keeps coming back. Your dad, my dad at least, always ate all the Almond Joys. I didn't even understand why Almond Joys were in the Halloween candy, but they all went to him and... (sighs) I consider, even though Almond Joy's and Mounds are technically very different, they're basically in the same package. They're clearly from the same company, and they're the same. They're old man chocolate bars, and that's what J. Meister is.
1: I said J. Meister was a now and later because he sucks now and he'll suck later.
0: <laughs> Thank you. That's the best one of the night. That was great. Oh, okay. Jay I mean what is there to say? He's been atrocious. <laughs> He's playing too much. He's not I don't uh, know if he is uh, actually not healthy or if that's just Yo's yeah. excuse. He's done. He's washed up.
1: He makes me pine for the days it's, of Jackman. He really does. Oh my god.
0: It he makes to be fair to him, he makes me pine for the days of healthy Jay yeah. Brown. <laughs> I that's like true. that's one of the things one of the things I really don't like is like the vitriol directed towards him because like the dudes t- he's lost it, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But he's got, what, $5 million on the line this season? He's not just going to retire. Yeah. And it's not his fault he's playing 20 minutes a night. That's the coach's decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, so hate the play and hate the coach for putting him there, but don't be just abusive yeah. to the player. I don't
1: hate Jay bomeister but the dude needs to be playing third-pairing minutes. And, like, PK time, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Joel Edmondson is somehow a plus four for this team, which I can't even comprehend. Uh, he's got three points in seven games, which is the same amount as Jaden Schwartz, and he's got one goal and two assists, which is the same amount as Jaden Schwartz.
1: Joel is Edmondson
0: Schwartz. is or is not the best defender on this team? He is. Okay, I was curious how you were going to react to that. Say Um, more right
2: now.
1: (laughs) He's most certainly the most physical defenseman on this team. Alex Petrangelo, and he's really good, I think, is still the best defender. People don't like it because he's not physical, but man, the guy's got a stick of magic Mm -hmm. because he just peels the puck away from guys and he's up the ice. But Joel Edmondson is like... The old man's traditional, or as close as you can get to the old man's traditional defender, and then he's just meat and potatoes Speaking back there. Of
0: pining for Jackman, he basically is. Yeah, he's just
1: a better Barrett Jackman without like the crazy gaffs. If you <laughs> if you mix Colton pareco with Joel Edmondson, you kind of get Barrett Jackman. <laughs> you get a lot of physical. And then you get some just dumbass plays, <laughs> and you're just like, "Wow!" And
0: also weird and unexpected critical goal. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, that oh, the, that's right." You're that was right. the real final piece of the Jackman mix.
1: Jax, Jax, Jax. It's the playoffs. <laughs> Here's your goal.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I like Joel Edmondson. I still think he's he's made some boneheaded moves um a few times in the defensive zone. He's not necessarily the fastest skater. I think if he can get back, if you can if he plays the stay-at-home role and is ahead of the forwards like any good defenseman, he's fine when he gets walked. I mean, this is just sounds like I'm saying rain's wet, but like when he gets walked, he's not catching up. Yeah. I so agree. I I like him in front of the net. <laughs> I think generally he's able to impose himself on other players, and he's one of the few guys that seems to give a crap about sticking up for anybody. I was happy to see him start uh, sparring with Anderson after he got slashed in the hand. Seemed like a reasonable thing to do, yet I thought it was over the moon that he decided to be physical. I was like, wow, someone with a spine. So I'm happy to have him on the team. I think
0: Who, who drops the mitts on tomorrow? Is it Shin or Edmondson? Because it's no other players. I guess it could be maroon.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope it's Shen.
0: It'll be Shen right off the hop. Again. When
1: did Maroon fight in the well, in the Habs it was game? Whitehawks, wasn't it? Didn't he fight in the Habs oh, game yeah, though? It
0: was Jamie Jordy Ben? Maybe? Just
1: the slowest, most nothing fight. Oh,
0: uh, such a shame! It could have been so great. Uh, speaking of <laughs> such a shame, it could have been so great. Let's talk about Jordan Schultz. Ah, uh, uh, that was not intentional at all. I actually think he's looked all right this year, given the relatively limited chances he's got. He mm-hmm.
1: um, looked like poop last night, but his one assist the whole team did. was
0: really nice. Um, yeah, I mean, he's young. I'm I'm glad that he's getting consistent opportunities.
1: Yeah, I'd rather be playing him consistently and see what we got in him than you know, every other game he's benched.
0: Because we talked about it. It was this year or bust for him. Mm-hmm. And so at least he's getting the chance. Um Speaking of players getting a chance, there's Oscar Sundquist next, yeah. I guess. He's alive. He got pounded from behind last night.
1: Sorry, Sonny.
0: He's still going to start tomorrow over Robert Thomas, so hooray. Uh Patrick Maru is like Sweet Tarts because he originated in St. Louis, but how far can that narrative really take?
1: Him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sweet Tarts International number one star, baby.
0: <laughs> um six points, all assists in nine games. He's a minus six. What do you think about Patrick Burt? Hmm. M- How high can my voice
1: get? To me, he's kind of been... He's just kind of there.
0: He hasn't been bad.
1: He hasn't there, been bad. He's had a couple of real bad
0: games and a couple real good games. Yeah. He's got 17 hits.
1: I mean, I really loved when he just lit Seabrook up and they took the puck and scored in the Chicago, do the first Chicago leads game. you know this
0: team in hits? Counting defensemen?
1: Oh, boy. Braden Shan?
0: No, he's number two to Sammy Blay.
1: Uh, they always talk about him hitting people, and I swear I never like looked for I it.
0: Yes, guess, I guess I was wrong. Well,
1: we're lo- we're losing that with him down in the AHL. So good job, Armstrong. We now have no physical presence. You think Sammy Blay sticks up for Oscar Sundquist? Uh, no, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just wondering.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> do we have more to say about Pat Maroon? He's just kind of been there.
1: He, he's slow. I don't know. He
0: hasn't really found his spot. I'll I can, give him a little break. I
1: can't harp on Pat Maroon. This is what happens uh, when you sign a one-year contract for under $2 million. Like, There's Pat Maroon, literally if,
0: nothing I can criticize. Yeah, he could
1: be just a crap out there. I'm like, <laughs> well, well.
0: He does have six assists, so it's not like he's done nothing.
1: No, he's been okay.
0: Robert Fortuzo. Mm-hmm. Robert Bortuzo to me is a Snickers bar because it's old. It's not particularly exciting, but it's reliable and it's there. And whenever it's just you and him at the quick trip at midnight, you know you're going home
1: together. <laughs> what? Are is, you having sex with your Snickers bar?
0: <laughs> no, with Robert Borges. Oh,
1: yeah. Continue.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, my point with him is, man, he is fine. Man, he is adequate. And I don't mean that as an insult. I don't know that you could have a better third-pairing just their defenseman mm-hmm. than Robert Bortuzzo. Yeah. Uh, JR was asked in one of his recent chats to rank the defenseman by their play this season just in the time that they've been there, and Bortuzzo was, like, second. And I don't fault him for that. We're really going to miss him while he's out for a couple of weeks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which he currently is on IR.
1: Yeah, he's been really consistent. I think he does really fine with the limited time they give him. And he's really good, like you mentioned, I think, a couple episodes ago on the penalty kill, an invaluable player there. Yep,
0: I agree. Uh, Baby, it's 3 a.m. This next player must be lonely. It's Robert Thomas.
1: Oh, there you go. Robert Thomas is like a Necco wafer because do they even exist?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I love it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him in five games, so I don't know what to say. He didn't look especially good. I don't think he looked especially bad. Mm. They're juggling his nine-game trial. For those of you that don't know, we've hinted at it a lot. Uh, there's a slide rule in the NHL which allows teams to send players back uh, as long as they played fewer than nine games, fewer than ten games, uh, to either the AHL or their CHL or European teams, whatever their affiliated club that they belong to is. Um, without costing a year of his entry-level contract. So the going theory has been that Robert Thomas would just be up with the team this season because he can't really do much more in um, the in Hamilton, where he played in the CHL. And for what it's worth, I'm still leaning that way slightly, and I think so is Jeremy Rutherford, but they are... The only positive of them benching him all the time is that by doing so they're extending that, and maybe it's fairer to get a better look at him for later games when the whole team doesn't suck, and he only gets to play six minutes in a game where the whole team sucks, uh but still not ideal,
1: yeah, I'd like to see more of them I think we will yeah i'm we kind of talked about how is it better that he stay here and not play but gets to practice with the pros and you know gets to talk with them and sort of learn the NHL way of life versus not learning that and just playing all the time? Mm -hmm. And I do think that Armstrong, I don't know. I think Joe's gone, so I think eventually Robert Thomas does play, so I think he'll be fine. Yep.
0: Uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Did you have one cooked up for Ryan O'Reilly? Because I do.
1: I did not, but I'll say he's... um, He's Sour Patch Kids because I fucking adore Sour Patch Kids.
0: That's great. I went a little more complex, but basically the same answer, by saying he's a Reese's Cup because you know how great it is, but when you actually get your hands on it, it's even better than you thought. Mm -hmm. Um, Although you don't like Reese's Cups as much as Reese's Pieces, and it is Reese's, folks. If you're Mm -hmm. out there and you say Reese's,
1: you're worse than Mike <laughs> yeah. Stop listening to this podcast. Unsubscribe. 11, Leave.
0: 11 points, 9 games, 62% on the faceoff dot. Uh, he's a solid 0 on the plus minus, which, again, he's one of three players that isn't negative. Literally yeah, four or five five players on the team that aren't negative. He's great. I love him. I don't know what more to say. I mean, we could sing his praises for hours, but let's just
1: What move a on. stud.
0: Tyler Bozak. He's also there. 3.3 yeah. goals or 3 points in 9 games. minus 5, 56% on the faceoff dot. though. boy does this team win faceoffs now.
1: He's kind of like he's kind of like a bubblegum when they offer you like the the whole bowl of candy uh-huh. and there's all this stuff in there and there's like bubble gum in there too and you're like that's good people want that uh-huh. that's a nice filler candy I won't be taking that <laughs> but you know I'm glad it's here I'm glad someone will enjoy it
0: I that's adequate I yeah. like that did you have that prepared or did no. you just add- <laughs> that was that
1: was right out my own butt nice <laughs> um, Tyler Bozak has been fine but recent games I have noticed defensively that all of a sudden, whose man is back? Whose man's not covered? Here comes 21 from behind. (laughs) And I'm like, maybe it's not. Maybe he's picking up for a guy. I'll admit that we're not like hockey minds, and so reading Rutherford or somebody the other day was talking about when someone misses their assignment, it's hard to figure out if the guy that you see catching up to a guy, if that's his man, Mm -hmm. or if he's already covering up for somebody else's mistake. Yeah. So I can't, with that in mind, I can't just harp all over Bozak, but He's been okay. Does he have... What are his points? What does he have? Three. Three? The one on goal? Okay. For a third line center, he's pretty good on the face-offs too. So it's that's what bugs me about this team is generally individual. I'm like, they're fine. They're okay. Mm-hmm. But then they execute and it's just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I don't... Yeah. There's no individual things necessarily. There's a few individual things that are fucked up. But like... Generally, everyone's been okay, and maybe that's the problem.
0: Taylor Bozak. I mean, this isn't an excuse for him, but he's the kind of player that's not gonna look good if the team looks bad.
1: That's true. That's you very I true. Mean, he's
0: not gonna. And again, it's not an excuse for him, but he's not gonna like rise above the team <laughs> and look amazing. Yeah. He's like a Jackman, like a bomeister when he was good. <laughs> Like uh, Steen, a Mm. lot of times he's going to look as good as the team looks. And a lot of times he's the reason the team looks good, but you don't really notice it as much. I agree with that. Uh, Vince Dunn, to me, I said Vince Dunn was like chewing gum because it just keeps getting better and doing more stuff. Have you been (laughs) to like a grocery store lately and just looked at the varieties of chewing gum there's so many of these
1: <laughs> how old are you
0: <laughs> i am saying chewing gum which is weird enough they've got
1: the bubble yum they got the <laughs> I just flavor feel, stripe I,
0: I mean i assume it's not as true but like i feel like in my kid in childhood it was like you can get juicy fruit you can get double mint you can get extra or you can get ju- or flavor stripe and mm. now it's like Trident's got 17 different flavors and four different kinds. (laughs) And that's just, it's crazy. He doesn't
1: like it, folks. I
0: love Vince Dunn. I think he's super fantastic. Mm -hmm. I know he struggled early in the season. I guess the scratching helped him, I'm begrudgingly admit. Although you can't really know what he would have done without being scratched. But he's been great. And he's creative offensively, and I love him. (laughs) <laughs> um, anything to say about Stone?
1: Defensively, man.
0: He's meh, but he's better than Jay Bowmeister, Yeah. so... Uh, what a line. I guess that's a pretty high floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko.
2: Boo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has seven points in nine games. He's a minus seven. Uh, his goal... You because, know what
1: he's like? You know what he's like? He's like a babushka. <laughs> he's, he's like when you yeah, he's in like the, he's Bors, Borscht male. hard candy. <laughs> no, he's like when Charlie Brown opens up his bag and there's a rock in it. That's what Vladimir Tarasenko was. He's the rock oh,
2: oh of this God. team.
1: <laughs> that turned around fast. Um yeah, I, actually for all the problems people have had with him scoring wise, and I get it. Like he does need to score more. And he has, oh, God, where did I read this? Did you read this? Did someone say he's shooting? No, I was on uh, 31 Thoughts.
0: Shooting closer. And closer
1: and more often mm-hmm. to the net. So that's good, as opposed to previous years, last couple of years where he's been a little further back. My dad mentioned that he doesn't think... Tarasenko shoots as much as he used to and I tend to agree like he tends to Tarasenko
0: led the league in shots uh, last year and I don't think he does as much but I don't know that if mean, that's a bad thing
1: no and I mean that's good but like I guess I'm just thinking he doesn't seem to be as creative with his shots yeah anymore. I wanted
0: and and I still hope it will get there but I really wanted that O'Reilly O'Reilly Tarasenko to just be bang, immediate bang, chemistry, yeah, and it hasn't happened yet uh, I do think we we didn't linger on it, but I do think that goal he scored to open yesterday's scoring, though it was a crappy goal, was very intentional. Like oh yeah, he meant to bank it in. That's off what the he back did. Of, yeah, uh, Cor- Corpasalo, and so that's still skill, even though it's like it looks unimpressive. It was very intentional, so kudos to him for that. Zach Sanford is last. Uh, but first, all right.
1: But first, in our Hurts.
0: I guess. What a weird world we live in. We had to have him, and now he's got three points in four <gasps> games, and is a plus four.
1: Zach Sanford is. <laughs> Just Zach keeps coming up yeah. with him
0: on the
2: spot.
1: Zach Sanford is a uh, pretzel M&Ms, because they were around before. Then they went away. <laughs> but now they're back. <laughs> and I don't know that anyone really wanted them. <laughs>
0: I love it. Oh, these are golden. Chad Johnson. We really don't know enough. He's got a four hundred four eight fifty seven slash line there on the old two game performance.
1: I'll give your Johnson a Chad. How
0: does he have two losses? He got saddled with the loss last night. Yeah, that's some bullshit. <laughs> um, he started one game.
1: He actually looked all right in that game. I
0: think he looks fine. Jake Allen. Oh. You've got one.
1: Jay, yeah, I think this one's weak, but I it's I hate this uh, candy. So you <laughs> go. Uh, Jake Allen is candy corn because sometimes you think, hey, this could be pretty good, and it never is, and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth.
0: <laughs> Jake Allen's candy corn because when you stack it all up, it's candy. But I agree with yours. Yours <laughs> is very good, or it's corn rather. You see? like <laughs> <It's> candy corn. <laughs> I botched it myself. He's eight. Games he's two two and three with a three ninety three goals against average. And an 8.76 save percentage, which has prompted me to say to you several times tonight, won't it be great when we solve whatever problem we have currently and remember that Jake Allen's still our goaltender? Like, the team's been so bad that we haven't talked about Jake Allen as much as we thought we would. And oh boy, is it (laughs) going to be fun when we do again.
1: I think he's been better. By a little bit, and the team's just been so much worse that he's like, it's turned into like, eh, Jake Allen's pretty good. I
0: agree. (laughs) Uh, What do we want to say before we get out of here? We got a question from Fabrilus on Reddit dope about uh the question was how long do you see this current downward trend we're in continuing and how do you think we fix it which is a good transition into our final topic mike yo which was our previous topic too but why not mike talk Mike yo
1: about it <laughs> two guys one I, yo i
0: want to answer his question
1: but i won't
0: I don't see this trend ending until you make a change, and I don't think that's necessarily because Mike Yo is the problem, as much as it is this team is broken mm. and needs a shock to the system.
1: They needed it last year, if like your your heart you said.
0: Stops.
1: They get you, you a new heart. You need
0: an electric <laughs> shock. It doesn't mean your heart will never work again. You just have to have it. That's not great. And all the doctors that don't listen to this show.
1: Don't correct us. <laughs> we know what we're talking about.
0: Uh, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, I I think genuinely mm-hmm. that we lose tomorrow yep. and Mike Yo is fired. Because we will have four games to replace him and all the games will be at home. And I think Doug Armstrong is lining up his replacement. I'm not sure Mike Yo isn't fired if we win tomorrow
1: because nah they won't do that
0: I could see it because it's the best opportunity
1: oh I think oh no yeah I agree with that but I think if the wins tomorrow if they win tomorrow you got four days you're feeling it hey guys we did it you know we've turned it around they play Vegas a struggling Vegas that Thursday after four days off lose gone he's gone right then and oh, there yeah. they go oh no <laughs> you can't do it. no we gave you four days of happiness <laughs> and he's gone so if he gets That's fair. if he gets fired, after the game tomorrow, which he will. A thousand percent will he. Um when do you think we win next?
0: Oh, we win the next game. Do you
1: think we win, we against, win against Vegas? Against, we can
0: win against Vegas if he gets fired, yeah.
1: Do you think we then lose the wild on Saturday?
0: Probably. The
1: weird rebound That's thing. You're like, we did it. Yo. And then, <laughs> and you know, oh, no. That's how it
0: happened when we brought Yo in. Yeah. And Robbie Fabrio get injured again.
1: <laughs> Robbie, stay in the <laughs> AHL for the love of God. Actually, no, you can come back because he got hurt when Yo became... Right, the coach. Yo, Was yo's gone. Was it the gone. first day or the second day? One of those days. Yo, but he's fine. It's yo's the problem. Oh, maybe. Come on back, Wheeler Robbie Fabry of old. Oh baby. He's like my knee feels fucking fantastic. <laughs> oh, look at all this range of motion. He goes. The curse has been lifted. Oh, is that one of your words? The Necronomicon has been closed. <laughs> Robbie Fabry is back.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. What do you What do you change about this team if not the coach?
1: You change well. You change the coach, but like <laughs> okay, I
0: still think Doug Armstrong comes out and says, "Mike Yo is our coach for the whole season." How do you think the season
1: ends? <laughs> With my suicide, <laughs> um, I'll never know. <laughs> yeah. um, first of all, if he says that. I go. I quote back to him. Halak is the goalie of the future <laughs> and give him a little wink. But if it really was, if you said Mike Yo is here to stay, um, man, shit. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't even know what you change. I guess you move on to trades because something's fucked up in that locker room. Something's fucked up. Like, Oscar Sundquist got plowed in the ice. And
2: Nobody cared! Your,
1: your instinct, just watching someone in your jersey just get plowed from behind in the ice, I should be... I would have jumped that yeah, dude. should have been to just jump the guy. And I
0: don't even... Like,
1: no offense, but I could not care less about Oscar
0: Sundquist.
1: And I wanted to punch him. <laughs> That's what I mean. You have to actually, in your head, be like, stopping yourself.
0: Thank you for mentioning that <laughs> because you sent me that quote from Chris Curver. Yeah. that I hate. Oh yeah, it was and I don't nasty. hate Chris Kerver. But he said some nonsense that always gets said at times like these. Anytime the fans boo. Yeah. There's always the line, "Folks, we know you're frustrated, but we got to tell you those players in the locker room are even more frustrated. Nobody's more frustrated than them." That is bull Shit, it is not true because if it was true, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> they're professional hockey players most of them are very good professional hockey players and they just don't care if they were frustrated they would have punched somebody at the end of the game or they would have done something Mm. they're not frustrated they're hang dog they're emotionless (laughs) they're in shock those are very different emotional states in shock you just kind of sit there catatonic and do nothing that's what this team is we're frustrated and that's why we yell about stuff they don't yell in the locker room they say I don't know how to answer that question <laughs> this isn't who we are because somebody dared to ask them a question that one of their canned responses wouldn't fit and so they had to fake it until they make it and they didn't make it this team <laughs> is not more frustrated than us because we've had 50 years of this shit and some of them have had 9 games so I hate that line of logic Thank you, Endran.
1: No, oh, that was very good. I enjoyed all of that. <laughs>
0: <Thank you. laughs>
1: that was coherent and a point was made.
0: And more stuff is More falling. spooky. <laughs>
1: um, no, I mean, yeah. I, I, I
0: don't know what you do.
1: I don't know why they don't care. I don't know why.
0: This is, and that's the, like, if, if Mike Yo doesn't, if we lose mm-hmm. and Mike Yo isn't fired. I will be actively being... We will all be actively being gaslighted
1: by the (laughs) front office. Yes. Because... I'm like, what's happening? That's the
0: only explanation. Because it's like, okay, so we're the
1: problem. Yeah, I guess the fans don't get it. (laughs) Losing hockey is okay hockey, I guess.
0: guess, This is fine. Yeah. And I don't... Like, I don't know how Doug doesn't have the self-respect to fire this guy... Because this is his masterpiece, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If, if somebody had walked up to the Mona Lisa <laughs> just
1: that's taking a, a dump on a... it,
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> Da Vinci would have been upset.
1: Uh, he would have punched somebody. I
0: think he would have had some issues with <laughs> that. That's all I'm saying.
1: This is why I think about your bronze face.
0: <laughs> ah, that looks like you a little bit, huh? Bam!
1: <laughs> right in the teeth.
0: Uh what do do we say any more words?
1: I'm just despondent at this point. Ooh, I was like
0: that's a ten dollar word yeah. right there. That's not on your fancy mm, list. Nope,
1: not like spectacular. I mean,
0: if he's not fired by the next time. What, do we, we have two games before next?
1: Yeah, we got Blackhawks tomorrow and Golden Knights will be Thursday and we'll record we that night. If we
0: even split those games and he's not fired, I won't even be angry anymore. I'll just be <laughs> flat. I'll just be emotionless.
1: Yeah, prepare for like a, a weird podcast <laughs> yeah. if Mike Yo is still the coach next time we talk.
0: And if Mike Yo isn't, then I won't know how to feel.
1: Yeah. We'll be talking about Elaine Mignot. So
0: the next podcast is going to be very silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One way or the other. Do we have more words to say on this episode?
1: Let's see. What do I have on my list? Is there anything to say? <laughs> um, Nasty time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> nasty time. I think Indeed. this
1: got sexual.
0: I think so. Um, Yeah, I don't have anything <laughs> more to say. Halloween happens between this episode and next, folks. We got a request on Twitter, and I want to say that I understand it. Or not on Twitter, on Reddit. Somebody talking about the two-hour episodes are a little hard to digest. We get that. We'd love to be an hour every time. We're just too angry. (laughs) So if this team starts winning... The episodes will be much more controlled. So hope for that, if for nothing else. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say?
1: You know what? I'm happy that it was just the length. I hope he's just talking about the length is hard to digest and not the content. Because God, if you told me the content was hard to digest, I a thousand percent understand. This oh, is just sure. ramblings of crazy people. We're just
0: two insane people. That's all we are. It's not, we're not experts. We're nothing. We're just crazy people. Two
1: guys, one asylum.
0: (laughs) One accountant, one professional hitman, just talking about sports. I fear I've said
1: too much. (laughs) You have anything else to say? No, it's all done.
0: Okay. Uh, Happy Halloween to all of you lovely people.
1: Drive safe.
0: Out in the world. It is. Yes, drive safe. Wear
1: reflective tape.
0: That's the thing people say. Seriously, don't drink and drive. You're not going to because you listen to this podcast. And (laughs) our sobering reflections will take you right (laughs) out of any altered state you might be in. But don't do it. Tweet us and we'll drive you (laughs) I don't know about that, but I'm always sober because I have no life, so give it a shot. (laughs) We've said too much. Happy Halloween, everyone, and good night.
1: Goodbye. (laughs)